on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt Nick will put the somehow controversial Book of Boba Fett series to bed with a deep dive breakdown of its finale. They'll then discuss the possibility of a second season and what may have been for the finale's end credit scene. Once Boba is put to bed, the two basic hosts of the show will pick apart in detail all of the new Kenobi series news, which includes its launch date and some insights into how Darth Vader will be portrayed in it. If time permits, they may even get to some Ahsoka series news and more, but fear not, there's always next week if things get a bit long in the tooth in E200. Punch it, Chewie! Yes, I know our mics were not on if you're watching the live stream. Sorry, Nick and I were just talking a little Super Bowl. Uh, it, it Really, the past few weeks, because of the Book of Boba Fett and our deeply articulated breakdowns have, have been going on, we, we haven't been able to have like our little bullshit session. So we were doing a little bullshit in there about the halftime show at the Super Bowl, which, tell you what... I'm not going to fight over Gen X and millennials who who Dre and them belong to. But as someone born in 1980 in high school in the 90s, you know, mid 90s and in college by the end of the 90s and early aughts, that that halftime show was the tits. Just yeah. the whole time, Nick, I was just smiling and laughing like, ah, I can't believe they're doing this at the Super Bowl. It's like think about all those old crotchety white people with their yeah. what boycott they're going to have next for the NFL. So. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I super enjoyed the the halftime show. I was over at a friend's house. I had a few other people over watching the watching the game like I was passively paying attention to the game, mostly just kind of having a couple drinks, talking to some people. But the halftime show was awesome. So good. Uh, they gave us a little bit of both. Like for the Gen Xers, it was definitely like the, you know, the Snoop. Dre, the you know the the old yeah the, kind the of original chronic the original chronic yeah. came came out in the early not I mean I was in middle school when when the chronic yeah. came out and Snoop's first album came out but you're right and then they did yeah. the, you know, the you know, chronic two thousand one or whatever yeah the 50, 50 cent and, and then Kendrick um, Lamar and them they, they were there for like the millennial crowd because I'll yeah. say like it like growing up in in you know having most of my life growing up in the nineties but being born in the late eighties like. That was kind of, you know, like we I, I didn't really listen to N.W.A. until I was in my mid teens. And that was mostly off of just like, oh, yeah, you know, you like rap already. You know, if you if you listen to this type of music, you should go back and listen to like the OG, like the original, oh, yeah. like, you know, gangster rap group. And it was N.W.A. So I, I, I wouldn't claim N.W.A. And, and Dre and Snoop as as millennial stuff but they definitely resonated with me as somebody who grew up listening to rap and even though i don't really listen to it that much anymore it was a cool show it was definitely well, apparently the best it was a whole there was a big show. social media debate on gen xers yeah. feeling that millennials co-opted the halftime show it's like what the fuck do, i mean what, what's wrong with humanity at this point also, i'm like what, what's wrong with people i don't who know gives why a shit? there it would was even just be good, a debate about it was that. good entertainment 
Snoop was was smoking a blunt right before he went out on stage. It was vintage. I mean, it was just vintage West Coast rap. And, you know, 50 Cent, I I saw someone's like, he looks more like 75 Cent these days. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it all. But, you know, we got we got a packed show today, my friend. We got to put the book of Boba Fett to bed with our finale breakdown. And then we have a litany. Yes, I know big words that are little, but they sound big. Uh, a litany of articles on Kenobi. Because uh, it seemed last week, once, once the book of Boba was put to rest... Disney and Lucasfilm are like, all right, it's it's time on to the next one. And we got posters, release dates, interview articles, more uh, rumor posts coming out from the uh, the leakers out there. Uh, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, and, and some of it may get pushed to next week, but that is all right. Because as we were lamenting last week, this is our last week of talking current Star Wars, which means it's going back to the grind where Nick and I have to... Cross our fingers in between Tuesdays <laughs> that we're going to get some relevant topic that people may be interested in hearing about and then hearing our opinions on it. So if we get some carryover, that is quite all right. But yeah, I mean, there, there's lots of stuff I'd like to talk about. We, we both have seen Moonfall at this point, and it is... It is just oh, a man. fucking wild ass disaster movie. <laughs> I finally I got through my rewatch of uh, Lord of the Rings, and <laughs> I would love to explain how my little one took to it. It was like at first she wanted to vomit, boycotted two towers, and then the longest one, she somehow <laughs> sits there for almost the entire three hours and twenty minutes. So, um, but we'll, we'll save that for another day. And shit, man. I, I, I mean, there's there's all sorts of news coming out. I think Horizon Zero Dawn's dropping soon. At least the reviews are coming out. Yeah. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 finally getting its next-gen upgrade. It, it released today. I haven't played that for a year, waiting to, for that graphic refresh. But, alas, it's time to get into our breakdown of the Book of Boba Fett, the finale, the big one, the S1, E7, the one that was supposed to change it all when we saw it. I don't know if it really paid off on that, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go through it here like we usually do. Give our general impressions and then work through the eggs, the references, the key moments and any thoughts we have for uh, the Mandoverse in this series moving forward. So, Nick, yeah. you know, we, we briefly talked about it. It's fresh in your mind. Why don't you take the stage? What did you think about In the Name of Honor? Overall, I was pretty happy with with the way that the finale came out. I know that, that, you know, us talking on the cast in previous weeks, we had talked about the potential, like you said, of, of the Pikes to not be like the true, true bad guys. And I still think that that is a possibility. And I, and you know, once we move on to talk about the future of the Mandoverse and where this is going, I think that there is a a definite future without the Pikes and that there is a bigger force that is going to come into play. Obviously, um, we have, we know that Thrawn's going to come in at some point, but even outside of that, I think we're going to get into more Crimson Dawn stuff. Um, but, but the vast majority of it, I, I thought was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good and, you know, it wasn't great. It wasn't the best episode of the series or anything like that, True. but it was enjoyable. And it didn't like, when I looked at the runtime, I was like, okay, 58 minutes, we're going to be in for a long haul. And, but it didn't feel long. Like it, the episode didn't feel like a drug on, like it didn't feel like there was any unnecessary bullshit in it that they were just trying to Agreed. toss in last episode. It was paced well. Um, there were a few things that I had some nitpicks with that I mentioned to Matt um, in the in the pre in the pre-show. And we'll get to those when we kind of get to our breakdown. But um, 
overall, like, I'm not going to fault people who are saying like, oh, it wasn't good or I didn't enjoy it. Like, I could see that. Like, I could see why some people wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as others. But for me, I think it was a pretty it, it was a it was a good way to wrap up this particular season like of this show to wrap up this season. I think it did a good job. It addressed a lot of the things that were brought up in the book of Boba Fett and didn't really reach too far outside into the other Mandoverse properties. Like it stayed self-contained, which was totally fine for me. Yeah. So uh, I was explaining to, to young Nick here. It's, it's odd for me because, you know, I'm, I'm the idiot that gets up early and does the breakdowns the day it comes out. And, and I believe that is, that's where you're going to get my most raw take on something. So if you want my fresh viewing take on the finale, I encourage you, as always, to check out our content on YouTube, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Or just join our Discord by hitting our bio link in, 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 um, on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Which, by the way, the Discord, I, I know Nick doesn't like to play, but it has become a nice little haven for fans of Star Wars and us SWTSers. To just kind of bullshit, share some memes, some other random, like our, our one of our channels is intelligently named Random Shit, all right? So we talk about some random <laughs> shit. We got the spoiler stuff going on, and uh, we may even be, I don't, Nick, you, you, I didn't even mention this, but I, I think we're bringing tones onto the website team uh, eventually when I get some time to, to set them up an account, because, you know, he's always finding articles and you know, sometimes I can't get the news right away. You can't get the news right away. Or, or we were, neither of us really spend any time doing think pieces, editorials, and we do have a site. We might as well use it. So I was like, why not open it up to the discord team to see if anyone wants to join in, obviously in a volunteer capacity. Uh, Cause we don't make any money. I actually spend money. Nick actually spends money. Uh, but you you never know. I mean, if if you're people like us and, and you, you, you feel a little creative streak in you, you want to create some content, that's what I what I offered up. But back to the finale. So when I first saw it, much like Nick, I was like, yeah, th this is serviceable. It, it, it ties pretty much everything up. And, and it, for the most part, leaves a blank slate moving forward for both the Mandalorian and if they choose to do more book. But we have an exclusive on that. So we'll, we'll see. We'll talk about that later. But my the, the one overall feeling I, I was kind of experiencing while watching the finale, and some of this plays into, you know, what a lot of Star Wars fans go through, especially those that like to speculate, pontificate, and do all the weird shit that Nick and I do. As I was watching, I was like, this, it feels kind of anticlimactic. Like, it's just, I, I didn't get that, that twist or that, oh, shit, they did it. Oh, wow, there's Crimson Dawn. So... It, it was a bit of a struggle. Was was that me again, like I did with the prequels, building too high of expectations, or is there room for a little bit of criticism on how the the story ultimately played out in the finale, keeping the Pikes as the big bad, uh, bringing Grogu, in my opinion, in way too early? Um, I, I will admit. Regardless of what Nick and I were arguing about last week, I, I ultimately think it was over if we could use hypocrite when describing Luke, but it turned into something fucking crazy off the rails. If anything, this episode, I think proved one of my points. And that is Luke Skywalker is a dickhead. 
Uh, but we'll, we'll talk more on that later. And I actually, I was hoping Nick would have picked this one shot for the top five. But if I forget, Nick, remind me when we get to the top five, because I got to talk about this shot from figure battles, because it's exactly what I envisioned Luke doing the Grogu uh, based on the way Grogu showed up. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I said, to me, when I first watched it, it, it didn't quite have a punch that I was expecting. So is that... Me there building was, up expectations too much or or was was the writing lacking a bit here in the finale i think that's I up to people's that, uh, opinions that there was like a degree for both of us to be like okay like things are chugging along this way and like we had we really didn't have any reason to believe that the pikes wouldn't be the big bad like we just kind of like like we know crimson dawn's out there we had right. the reports of a potential crimson dawn like spin, like spin-off series happening in the future and and you know the, the the crimson rain comic running at the same time too like we we had it pretty locked into our mind that like crimson dawn is probably going to make hey, an appearance hey, in here remember what i've been saying though all along ever since rain came out i was like you know what dude i'm going to stick to my guns cuz i you know when i make a speculation or prediction i'm not going to waffle but reading rain and you know I, we talked about the second issue last week she's fucking dead like kira's dead in Crimson Rain, so we don't... Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> we don't really know what timeline she's dead, but the story's being told in the future to people about Kira and how Crimson Dawn's main goal when she was running it was not to be this main syndicate running other syndicates. It was to take down the rule of two. It was to take yeah. down Sidious Invader. So I, I, I hung on to the Crimson Dawn prediction because of that but ultimately narrative wise based on what they're doing in rain it does make sense that they were not revealed she she wasn't in the syndicate business at least after uh, events of empire strikes back leading into return of the jedi she was into the let's manipulate the fuck out of all the other syndicates for our benefit and let's have moles and plants all across the galaxy so I can do some crazy stuff, but it was never, I'm going to run the syndicates. I'm the, I'm the queen of the underworld. So ultimately them coming into book of Boba Fett as these big, bad crime syndicate people doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, it looks like I lost Nick for a second. Hold on here. Let me bring him back in. Uh, yep. One second. Nicky buddy. First time that's happened in a few well, weeks, uh, but we're did back. You have, did you have a Windows update? <laughs> did, I have did we no have some idea. Windows update lately? It was it was the Skype. Yeah, I mean actually, yeah, there was a Windows update yesterday. So okay, uh, but yeah, it was the it was the Skype crash. Like we, we like we had been experiencing that had, that, a while it, ago. It, you've had a few shows where you know the the little mouse in your computer decided to not take a break, but today it was like you know what, fuck running in this wheel. Yeah. I need a piece of cheese. But uh, uh, I, I don't even know what the hell I was talking about. No, when, just when talking you, when about the, the, oh, the Kira yeah. Crimson Rain it, stuff. I so. mean, when you really break it out, and I do think I'm someone that's good at kind of putting pieces together when I get little plot hints here or there, either through trailers or comic books. The whole Crimson Dawn prediction didn't ultimately make sense for the book of Boba Fett. She, she didn't care about the crime world. She didn't. She she knew she had to take out the Sith. That 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 was her focus. And as I said, in Rain, we're be, we're being told her story in the future, and she's dead. And yeah. she's dead because of her mission to take on the Sith. So uh, likely, she died before this timeline I'm, even occurred. Yes, I'm. That that's kind of what I'm thinking at this yeah. point in time. Okay. Um, so 
whatever. It, you know, like I said, it, some of the things I propped up didn't pay off. Maybe that led to some of my feelings of, oh, this is kind of anticlimactic. But overall, it, it, it was serviceable for the series. I, I think it, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily say it, it stuck the landing for Boba Fett, but it did ultimately resolve his arc from mute bounty hunter to benevolent crime lord who realized you know what this sucks i want to go back to doing my own thing <laughs> yeah that yeah. that was kind of weird it's like all right well then why did we go through all this all this practice if you realize in the end that you don't like people worshiping you <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to see how they move forward with that but i do have some some speculation all right uh around a possible reworking of rangers of the new republic given the ending of the show Right, well, um, let's save let's save yeah. those for like our, our final thoughts. So, hey, in the end, Star Wars time show it's sounding like we we were okay with it, as we were yeah. with the whole series. And and I I I don't want this episode to get into the whole fan on fan shit that's been going on because it, it's as Nick kind of feared when we thought that we'd be getting all these 2022 Star Wars shows kind of backed up and lined together. If you do have something like the Book of Boba Fett, which to me has been the most divisive Star Wars property since The Last Jedi, it does kind of spoil the fandom a bit. It, it muddies up the waters. It doesn't make being a fan as fun as it, as it used to be during the Mandalorian seasons. It, and it does kind of grate on you. But in the end, we don't have to focus on the fucking negative assholes. And I also don't want this to turn into, because I've seen a lot of this. Oh, Nick. I see more people being critical of people being critical of Boba Fett than there are people being critical of Boba Fett. And it's like, all right, here, here's, here's <laughs> the one thing I want to say on this. There, there, are, there are different ways to be critical of Star Wars. There are thoughtful ways where you actually have points that make sense to a lot of people. And then there's the troll entitlement shit. So I, I kind of want to draw a line in the sand, at least for me. It, it's the people that, that, that get the entitled take and then their, their criticism comes from a point of entitlement. That's the shit that I think's nonsense and, and you know, trolling and, you know, just trying to, to clout chase something. If you critique it with some actual fodder behind it some material behind it then yeah that's just natural discourse that that's yeah. opinions not everyone is always going to like everything the same way so i i don't know i i don't want i don't want it to become the show where you think we're just railing on people because you hated the book of boba fett now if you hate the book of boba fett in in, in from an entitled standpoint then yeah we probably don't like you but if you have good points you're like listen this didn't work for me this didn't work for me great that's good discourse mm -hmm. it's the shit where people are like flamethrow all of star wars and all of disney because their dude wasn't a rock star you know cold-blooded murderer it's like oh yeah. everything's ruined my child it's like go fuck you know fuck i think yourself. that like a lot of where this discourse comes from is because over the years i mean over the history of star wars as a property i mean we, we've never had this much content period like, never Oh, Not we're spoiled the, and we're acting yeah. like spoiled motherfuckers yeah, we're too. We're acting no like spoiled <laughs> little no bitches. But you know, when you only get, you know, a movie every three years, like it was in the OT era or in the prequel trilogy era, and, and that was all you got, like there was a level of appreciation for the content regardless right. of your your initial thoughts, you know? I think that in the, you know, the, the uh, prequel trilogy had 
a lot of, you know, love and a lot of hate at the time, but there were people, there are still people now who are like, episode three is my favorite. Like I went to the grocery store the other day. I was wearing a Star Wars shirt after um, one of the episodes we recorded. I walked up to the meat counter and guys like, oh, I like your shirt. And it was my ESB meat. 40th. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, ESB 40th. Love it. And he's like, what's your what's your favorite movie? So I said, I said, my, my favorite's probably still Empire. You know, I, I've always had that as probably my number one. And he said that his, his favorite was episode three. It was Revenge and, of the And Smith. you responded and like, like this. Wrong! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I did. I'm not but buying then, your meat, motherfucker. And you just walk but it away. Wasn't even, it wasn't even that. So I was like, episode three, I was like, I've heard people say it before. And like, I can understand people's perspective. But it's what he followed up with. And he's like, hey, at least your favorite isn't one of the sequels. Yeah, I was like, so there, there and, you go. And it's like, and, and, and like, that's the problem. It's like, why does it matter what my favorite yeah. is? It's like, right. if I'm a 14 year old kid and I saw TFA for the first time and that was like my first exposure to Star Wars, if that's that kid's favorite movie, like, why do I care? Or why do I care okay. if, so, if somebody who's 55 years old is, it, that's their favorite movie? That's, you know? that's a perfect example of the entitled asshole opinion. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> you like the sequels? You must be brain dead or blind or stupid. It's just that, fuck off. Like, that, that's, that's where the toxicity comes from. It's not in being critical of Star Wars. I'm critical of Star Wars every day. All right. I mean, just just listen to some of the old shows. I mean, all I used to do is fucking bitch and moan about the prequels. It gets old. All right. But I, I even when I bitch and moan about the prequels, I would have my points. I have a whole fucking dissertation out on YouTube on why I think the Phantom Menace is the best prequel and why Revenge of the Sith is the worst. Right, I, I've, I put a lot of time and labor into my thoughts. I don't just do it to troll motherfuckers like, you know, Mike Zero and those other channels that have bigger followings than us because they troll people. And the last point I want to make on uh, Star Wars and fans and how opinions are shared and expectations, I, I think at this point it is a, it's a clear generational thing. And let me let me explain it a bit, Nick. People like me born in the 70s and 80s, you got to think in 83, that was it for us. We had to wait over 10 years, 10 years just to see the original trilogy again with a few new scenes added to it. There, there was no new TV shows. I mean, yeah, Battle Endor, all that, who cares? Nothing. Then you have the prequel generation. Think about their Star Wars experience. They get movie, 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 Clone Wars movie. Clone Wars, six seasons of it, ultimately seven. Star Wars Rebels. So that generation that grew up with the prequels, they've never really had downtime. They've, they've never had to sit there and wonder, like, am I ever going to see some new fucking Star Wars again? Like, people like me, like, decades passed. Decades. Even years passed after the special editions for the prequels. So I, I think... People in my generation are, are, you know, there's definitely, you got your curmudgeons out there. But I, 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 at least speaking for myself, I think I'm overall more appreciative of just this cadence of Star Wars content we're getting now. And that's why I don't necessarily sit down to take it in and hate watch it like, like some yeah. people do. So that's it. Let's, let's get back to the, uh, the uh the the breakdown but i i do think it is you know the the, the prequelers and the sequelers it, it's it's a whole different landscape for you all than what us old fogies had to deal with 
All right, dude. So into some of the Easter eggs and references, and there were, there were some decent ones in this episode. There were some very obvious ones. Um, I, I think I have our gallery system figured out at this point. I, it's all fucked up, whatever, technical. <laughs> you, you people know it, especially if you run WordPress sites. Sometimes when you, you get a major uh, iteration release, it can fuck all sorts of things up. Um, but anyways, the gallery is at least working for this breakdown, unlike unlike last week. So we're starting with eggs and references, and, and right from the get-go, he may not have been in it, but we did get to see Red 5 in all its glory. And it was even, I, I don't think we necessarily got a nice close-up shot in Mando uh, Season 2, right, Nick? It just kind of came in, we saw it on the camera, yeah. and we're like, yeah. oh, that, that could be Red 5. Well, here we go. We get Red 5 in all its glory, just sadly it did not have a pilot, but more on that <laughs> later. Uh, when when Cad and Boba kind of meet for the first time again, and they're they're talking there, we get a callback to a line that Boba dropped to Casca Reeves, or maybe Casca to Boba in The Mandalorian Season 2, when Cad essentially says to Boba, after Boba accuses him of being a killer, he's like, oh, that's a quack the... Uh, it's something about the quack the calling the stiffling slimy, which is Favreau's play on, you know, a pot calling a kettle black. Um, our homeboy who ended up having one of the biggest roles in the book of Boba Fett, believe it or not, the, the, the major domo, uh, but we got a little insights into his upbringing, Nick, when he gave us a Coruscant <laughs> mention, yeah. uh, where he attended a, a finishing school. And that's how we learned that he is a supposedly a, a master negotiator. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, you always like the Coruscant drops. It's always fun seeing repurposed ships and speeders throughout Star Wars. And uh, in this episode, the Freetowners rolled up in a V-35 speeder, which is the same model you, you, you quickly see in A New Hope as, you know, the gang is approaching Chalums. Uh, if you got the most Isley Cantino Lego set from a few years back, it was one of the prominent vehicles. Uh, the Freetowners, they just gave it a, a more of a, you know, kind of urban or, or desert camo color um, scheme all right moving right along with eggs and references these bad boys right here nick the scorpionek droids as we learned from pelly mm -hmm. uh, these were actually in universe designed by the same outfit that made the droidicas you could tell that pretty easily yeah. what's what's even cooler is these come from concept art for attack of the clones so I don't know if this is Doug Chang, but at, at one point in time, this exact model was was mocked up for Attack of the Clones. It just didn't make the cut. The the uh, they stuck with with Droidicas and you know some of the other uh, massive vehicles we saw in the Battle of of Geonosis. But you, you always gotta like when yeah, who knows? I, I would assume this is probably Dave flipping through uh, the archives, or, or like I said, Doug, someone from the art department, saying, "Hey, you know what?" We never quite, we never used this model. This would probably be pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Um, no, we, we never learned the Major Domo's actual name. Nope. We didn't. <laughs> uh, I think he's played by a gentleman named David Pasquini or Pasquani or Pasquata or something like that, but we never learned the character's name. Uh, and trust me, I, I look at this shit because I'm goofy like that. All right. So. As predicted, this this wasn't a, a you know, this this was 
pretty telegraphed, I think, especially if you've been watching The Clone Wars, know about the deleted scenes, know about Cad Bane's resurgence in Bad Batch, uh, and you listen to this stupid show, you know we were going to get the duel, finally, in live action, and we got it. And, and, you know, we see Fett wins by melee, which was a nice callback to his training with the warrior. And if you were paying attention, he used the exact move that she used on him initially to show him that he's not such a badass, the old hook your leg and stab you in the old stomach move. Um, but the, the cool part of this, and this is just, this is the shit I get off on. Not so much. Hey, look, what's his name? Scad did a spin and it was stupid. Let me make memes about it nonstop. I was like, yo, check this shit out. They actually included the metal plate from the Bad Batch. You know, we, I think, Nick, we were, we were kind of wondering, will we see the plate? Will the hat come off? Yeah. The, you know, they had to pay off on it. So, um, but yeah, we, we, we get it in, in live action. And trust me, I got many more words to say on the duel. Let's just wait for the key moments. We're, we're just doing the fun stuff right now. Um, right here, when the Rancor climbs that tower and reaches out, as I King said, Kong, my breakdown. Baby. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just a, a, a <laughs> steady it. King Kong homage. And in my uh, breakdowns, like, all Din was missing was a blonde wig and a white dress, and they fully could have recreated <laughs> the yeah. Empire Strikes, or the Empire Strikes Empire Back. State, yeah, yeah, the Empire State <laughs> Building moment from King yeah. Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that, uh, that's always fun stuff there. And then last but not least, and I think someone was, was, I don't know if this was Nick last week saying it was a missed moment to leave the shifter knob with Grogu, but hey, we're collectors, and if you're a collector, you, you're, you're typically sentimental by default. I, I think that's where a lot of my collecting obsession comes from. It's kind of my attachment to the series. In fact, Nick, I fell off the fucking Black Series wagon last week. Like, you know, I've, I've been all... I'm not going to get any black series this year. Well, once Book of Boba Fett ended and this one popular wave went up for pre-order, I was like, eh, fuck it. I need them all. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) by Friday, I think I had $300 in black series pre-orders plunked down. But after seeing this wonky, weak-ass Kersantan black series yesterday, I think I'm going to cancel some just in a boycott of Hasbro just making ridiculous decisions left or right. But <laughs> back to our, our egg here, you know, he pulls out the shifter knob that, that Din was keeping that because that was his tie to his buddy that, that, you know, that is like when you look at your figure or if you wear a chain or if you have little kids and they've given you something, that was kind of his little keepsake, but it was nice to, to get it back. And the fact that Din was like, Hey, this will distract you while I go fly into a rancor's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is why he, he busted it out. You know, parents, we, we all have our, our little gimmicks and tricks to try to, uh, to, uh, make sure kids aren't going to get in trouble if we can't keep eyes laser focused. Yeah. All right. So getting into the key moments breakdown. Now, you know, some of this stuff may have been obvious, but I like getting confirmations. And up first, as we have all these cowards hunkered down in most Eisley in the, in the Pike bunker, it's finally confirmed that the Pikes were the ones to kill Boba's Tuscan tribe. I mean, they just come out and say it. They, they frame the, the Striders, so Boba, kind of a dick move, wiping them all out. It was still awesome <laughs> to see. But the Pikes were the ones that, that so that, you know, they set them up from the get-go. Uh, so I guess they were master manipulators after all. All right, this next one, I, I've got some words on, okay? Okay. 
first and foremost, I'm not saying Grogu choosing the shirt was a, was a surprise or a shock. I, I think we all kind of felt he was going this way. What was surprising to me was how quickly Grogu was shown or, or introduced into this episode. I, I think... I think overall it was too soon. I would have preferred their their reunion to have been saved either for the end where Grogu shows up and does one of his multiple force saves or even better, maybe dangling it over into Mando season three. But the point I want to make, and it goes back to what I was saying about Master Luke last week, he's a cold hearted motherfucker. I mean, he literally dumped the dude in his X-wing, programmed his droid some coordinates and, and said... See you later, pal. Good luck with life. Now, obviously, it could have been a deeper conversation than that. We don't know because it was done off screen. We don't know if they had the same deal Luke had with Yoda. Like, listen, man, I got to do this. I'm sensing something bad. I got to I'll come back. I promise I'll come back. Maybe maybe we got that off screen, but, but we didn't. We didn't see it. So we don't know. So yeah. what I envision is Luke literally going like, all right, you picked a shirt. Fuck you. Get out of my temple. Or two. <laughs> Pop open the canopy. Program uh, coordinates from most Eisley and drop this little cunt off. Get the fuck off. out yeah. of here. Exactly. Yeah. Like he, you can see him like kicking him out of that fucking <laughs> stone, t- <laughs> that little I, stone hut. Like beat it, yeah. pal. Attachments <laughs> suck. I, I do think that there's likely going to be a follow up on that. And I in hope Mando so. Esther. I mean, like likely is is not even like strong enough there will there will definitely be a follow-up on that in mando s3 almost for sure um but yeah i mean it it, like when i saw the x-wing pull up i was like okay like is luke just dropping him off like a kid at school like all right get on out of here have fun i was full expecting them both because you know i i think uh, trevor kind of had this idea i had i was like what if luke was like you know what fuck it let's go get this on and they show up and party so you are right you 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 know exactly who it is as soon as that those those four exhaust lights come in the frame and you're like oh shit and you had to love the setup you know pelly continues to be one of the greatest new star wars character where she's like oh shit the new republic's coming (laughs) she's like droids She's like, hide this, do this. Oh, oh my God. And she walks up like, oh, sorry, officer. We're good. We're going to get our paperwork. And I mean, that was fantastic. And then you learn Luke, Luke steady abandoned him. And, and, you know, it kind of played into what I was saying last week. Luke is kind of a dickhead. He's a dickhead at this point in time. He's pretty cold hearted. But before we move on, I I just, um, because it was not picked for the top five, which is completely fine. I've got to show this picture. Uh, Nick, I'll send it to you in in Slack so you can get it quickly. (laughs) But this picture from at figure battles on Instagram is exactly how I envisioned Luke loading up Grogu into the X-Wing after Grogu in Luke's mind made the wrong choice. And it's (laughs) if you're listening, I'll try to set it up for you. So you got Luke. He's up on the ladder. The canopy's open on Red 5 and he's got his blue backpack (laughs) and he's like dumping it out like garbage. And you see Grogu falling out headfirst into the cockpit of the uh of the x-wing it just i don't know nick it's perfect here let me let me get it to you if you if it hasn't showed up on uh there you go it should be in general our main channel okay yes 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 
right? Is, is that is that not how you, you know, knowing how <laughs> Grogu shows up, to me, that's exactly how Luke was like, all right, fuck you. Get the hell out of here. I'll see you later. Yeah. You're not my first student after all. Um, uh, hopefully my sister will have some offspring so I can fuck them up. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I yeah. just, I absolutely love this picture because that's how I felt. It was a very, I feel like Luke was being very callous and, 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 and cold shouldered to Grogu after he made the choice he made. Definitely. So, uh, I, I may have picked this if, cause I don't watch the episode before. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because five. yeah, you probably had no, you, you had no <laughs> backstory. It to so it. like, yeah. I, 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 I was like, okay. I probably just scroll past it like, oh, that's pretty funny. But um, but yeah, like now seeing the episode, it's, and it almost looks like Luke kind of has like a scowl on his face. Yeah, too. It's, it's like, like oh, he's like, what? A, like, oh, you want the best car, here. you little shit? And just dumps him out. He's like, R2, get him out of here. Get yeah. him out of my face. Something like that. So I don't know. I just, I wasn't surprised by Grogu's choice. I was surprised by how quickly he was reintroduced back into this episode and, and then ultimately the reunion. In the reunion, whatever. It was great. As a father, it's hard not to get all sappy when you when you see them on the rickshaw and the little guy like force jumps into his arms. I mean, come on. That, that, that's beautiful shit. But I think narratively, it, it would have worked better if it was either held over our heads for a season or, or that was the stinger scene or, or learning Grogu's decision was the stinger. But hey, whatever. Here we are. Grogu and Mando are back. That's out of the way. Mando season three can start pretty much fresh. The Grogu shit's resolved. So he can go right into the reclaiming himself as a Mandalorian, which I, I think is going to make up the bulk of season three. All right. So continuing on with, with key moments here, let me, I lost my notes for a second. All right. Luke sending them away. Uh, I liked, I, I, I kind of dug the scene that the dialogue between Din and Boba. And it, it, it kind of shows you in, in my mind, how anti Mandalorian Creed Boba Fett is. I mean, he, he made it clear in The Mandalorian. He made it even more clear when these two were talking. But it, it, it does show you just like how loyal Din Djarin is to this fucking Creed. Like even being excommunicated, exiled, he, he's still all about it because Boba's like, hey man, if I were you, I wouldn't blame you if you just fucking left us here to die because I got you roped up in a, a pretty much lose-lose situation. My bad. This really has, you know, you're not even taking money. Just, you can just beat it if you want to. And, and Din's like, no, motherfucker, listen. It goes against the creed. I'm loyal to the end. Loyalty and solidarity. Uh, and you had to love how Boba's response is like, yeah, that stuff's a bunch of banta shit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you... It, it, it's like anybody who's kind of raised in a religion and, you know, I don't know if, if you went through this or if you were raised Catholic and everything like that. But, you know, for a while, you know, even after you you can make your own decisions and you're outside of the, you know, the the structure of growing up in a household that, you know, goes to church every weekend and you go to Catholic school and stuff like that, you still find yourself like, you know, kind of oddly loyal to it. hundred um, percent. But then, you know, for some people, they continue. Some people, their whole lives, you know, they stay dedicated to their religion and whatnot. Like other people like me haven't. I mean, like you you either kind of grow into it or you grow out of it. And it seems like 
you know, while Mando is not necessarily growing into it more, it's just that it's the only thing that he's ever known. And this, we also have to keep in mind too, that the amount of time that we've seen and known Mando may feel like a long time, but realistically, this is probably less than a year of his life. Like, yeah, he was, uh, he was being brainwashed by Death Watch since the Clone Wars. Yeah, since he was a small child. I mean, and you're, like, you're looking at maybe 17 years of, of or more, more, yeah. in fact. Because, I mean, if we're talking, we see him get rescued in the middle of the Clone Wars. So we know we have at least 18 years until A New Hope. And then, you know, seven years after Return of the Jedi is when we meet Din for the first time. So yeah, I, mean, I think it's safe to say he spent 20 plus years being indoctrinated and and, exactly. and when you live in a cult like that it's even more severe than you know being a catholic yeah. like nick and i were like you live it <laughs> breathe it your neighbors live it and breathe it you can't get yeah. away from it and then you also have to remember like they probably tell him like we saved your life it's not like you know a religion or even like a regular cult where it's like you join like most of the time you join a cult you don't Willingly. know it's a cult it, yeah, yeah it's like you're like, oh, this seems like fun, whatever. Like they pulled this kid from the jaws of death. Uh-huh. And like from that moment on, you you literally own their entire life. Like you, they, they will do whatever you tell them to do. And whatever you say to them is gospel and, and everything like that. So his dedication to it is no surprise given the circumstances of which he found himself in Death Watch and how long he was there without contact with what really like the outside world to a yeah. certain degree. Like, I mean, they, they, so, they were living in yeah. uh, after uh, the purge in the night of a thousand tears, dude, they, they were essentially living in sewers and shit yeah. with this, with the, with fanatics. I mean, that, that, that's all you can say. I mean, if anything, I think this scene in my mind still just, it confirms that Boba Fett will never has zero intentions to ever rule anything at this point, let oh, alone Mandalore. Yeah. Like dude doesn't even want to rule fucking most Espa. So I, I have a hard time believing that he, he's going to have a goal of getting the Darksaber and becoming the ruler of Mandalore. That's not to say he won't heed Din's call, the call we have heard about to, hey, I need help, Mandalorians, let's do it. Even though Boba doesn't consider himself one, I think at this point, especially with what Din did for Boba, they're, they're boys for life. Regardless if Din wants to go further down the Mandalorian Creed rabbit hole or not, they're boys. They've got each other's backs. They will heed each other's calls. But I just, it, 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 the way this episode ended, the comments we've heard from Boba in this season and in the past in Mandalorian, dude has absolutely zero aspirations to have the Darksaber and rule Mandalorians. That's yeah, just, no, that, it, it ain't, that's it, definitely it, it's not, not him. him. Like it, it, it's not even in his makeup. All right, but hey, good good moments here, and then it got even better because we got to see the two kind of do their thing, and, and I think this is what a lot of people that didn't enjoy the the book of Boba Fett thought it was a waste of time, thought it ruined the character. I think this is what they wanted to see for seven episodes straight: Fett and his jetpack, pew pewing away, doing his you know Michael Jackson thriller knee kick missile launches, <laughs> you know back to back fighting. I thought it looked great. I mean, it's been picked apart at this point in time by the internet, but it, it, it once again showed us what skilled warriors in Beskar armor can do. Because, I, I mean, these guys essentially took on a, a battalion of pikes by themselves for, for a good few minutes. 
Yeah. I, I mean, you know, they were popping people left and right. I, I love the one shot where they both shoot the guy off the roof and then they continue to shoot his falling body like a thousand times as he comes down. <laughs> uh, I did think we got some decent camera shots from Rodriguez in these. There were also yeah. some weird camera shots during uh, Boba and Din kind of kicking ass. But, you know, this one in particular, I kind of dug where you see Boba behind Din. Din's reaching out, launching the uh, the, the whistling birds. Uh, it was just fun. I mean, it, it, this it was a, it was a it was a kick-ass action scene with two kick-ass characters, in, in my yeah. opinion. So uh, I, I enjoyed that, as you can see by the 500 screenshots I took. If you are on the live stream, if you're not in the live stream, you're listening on the radio. You can always pull up uh, these posts and, and check out some of the screens if you like imagery as you listen. Hopefully, we paint a clear enough picture. The word picture for you. There you, you go. <laughs> All right, I, I mentioned this earlier. I, I mean, the, the Grogu and Mando hug, it, it just, it, it hits me. It, it, I think it's a, it's a parent thing. I, I don't know if it hits Nick as hard as it hits me. I don't know if maybe he associates it with his pets. But it, it's, th- those are moments. And I, I think our good friend Lee Mafour also is like, yeah, that was just like, it, it just the moment seeing Grogu and they look at each other and like, oh my goodness, you're here, you're back. And <laughs> Grogu jumps into his arms and uh, I, I don't know. It was just, it was a beautiful thing. So it was, in my mind, too early of a reunion. Uh, it would have been better, like, during one of the 5,000 saves that Grogu has in this episode. It, probably even better if it was saved for season three or the end credits. But we got it in the moment, for the most part, hit pretty, pretty well with me, at least in my, my Star Wars heart. I mean, look, look at his little face when he looked back at him and... And Din saw that he had the shirt on. He's like, oh, you got the shirt. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm sappy in my old one. age. I'm a it, sappy it a man. One. Okay, this is one that, that probably would have hit 10,000 times harder than it did if we didn't all know about it from oh, leaks right. and the clear foreshadowing in the series itself. But it was pretty radical seeing Boba mount up and you know curiously destroy the town more than the scorpinex were and that's the yeah. whole reason that's the whole reason he went to go get the rancor he's like no oh, we're gonna, gonna destroy, destroy the, city. the whole city <laughs> it's like dude you brought this yeah. thing out and it's already climbing, Cl- climbing. and destroying <laughs> buildings and like yeah then, yeah so. It was it was fun it's like you know it's like i said i mean th- this is some stuff that nick some fans like They'll crucify Disney over like, oh, my God, it's so fucking stupid. You're making it. it whatever. It, it is silly. You call it lazy writing, whatever. It still looked fucking cool. I, in fact, I think I got one of the best screenshots of the battle. If you're on the live stream now of, you know, it's over Boba's shoulder where he's he's blasting down the, the Rancor screaming at one of the Scorpion yeah. Um But it was, it was fun. Like our, uh, our keen toy photographers. Making making something that looks like this for sure. Oh, there, there there's been a lot. They're, they've been doing Bobon Rancor since the Rancor episode. That's yes. what I mean. I mean, even if you didn't know about the the leak, Nick. Yeah. The the foreshadowing was almost too obvious in the show itself. Like, I want to ride a Rancor. Okay, well, this this is probably happening, and, and him petting the Bantha and having that relationship. Uh, but I, I think the Rancor looked great. They definitely didn't spare any expense on that in, in the way he tore up those Scorpinex and then obviously the, the King Kong moment. I, I see a lot of people like, well, why the hell were Boba's people shooting at him? I don't know. I mean, it's fucking Star Wars. It's science fiction. A lot of times shit doesn't make sense. But it is like, why? 
Why, why are you guys shooting a big ass thing? I mean, it's only going to make it angrier. You just saw it getting shot by walking tanks and it didn't phase yeah. them. What I do you mean, think you your could, little blasters are going to do? You could see that at some points, like they were shooting it to clearly like divert its attention from something else. Like, yeah. like Mando walks up behind and shoots it a bunch in the back. So it turns and focuses on him and not everybody else. I mean, there is also like with shields like this, and I don't know, maybe this was the justification is like eventually like it can only take so much damage. So like even like these little what looks like, you know, pea, you know, pea shooters hitting it looks like it's not doing anything to us. But like eventually over time, it will wear the shield down to the point to where it breaks like it eventually did with the Rancor after the Rancor put a fucking ton of damage into it and then Din kind of whacking at the back of it with his with heavy his ass shields. dark like, saber yeah with his with his <laughs> dark saber that weighs fifty thousand pounds apparently like um you saw him nick he it, was like, still struggling to, to like whip that thing over his head i mean you, you, yeah hey you, you got to give the uh, uh what well, i guess we learned they, they, well that probably would have been latif <laughs> since it was an action scene but yeah i mean they yeah they definitely sell that din still does not have they, a clear mind to kind of to kind of come in tune with the the energy coming out of the dark saber, but yeah, maybe Moff Gideon should have kept it. At least he could swing it right. Hey, that guy um, had a, he had a clear conscience of anything. Like he he had yeah. his vision. He was in line. He knew how to channel all of his energy through that thing. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So any any more words on the rancor in the fight? Um, not till not till we get to the end. I like I I enjoyed the the rancor fight. I don't know like if people were legitimately upset by that because like it's destroying the town anyway. It's like bro. I mean come on. Like it, 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 it was the I, I think it was the point. Why are why why is the mod squad and and the free towners shooting at the rancor after it took down the the Scorpinex because they're they were just kind of pissing it off. Yeah, I mean I don't know, but. It's hey, probably because they're you know, like, this thing is destroying our town. Nobody's on the back of it. Right. And it just chunked a whole fucking speeder at us. So right. we probably, it, I mean, in the end, you know why they did it? So Din could have one of his bunker boy moments and yeah. try to be a hero and then end up looking like a dope because he flies up, gets caught. And you literally see the rancor chewing on his head. Like that yeah. is, that is vintage Din bullet sponge extraordinaire. You got to love the guy. <laughs> All right, the duel, okay? The duel. Boba kills Cad or so we think. I, I'll, I'll talk more on that in a bit. Cad Bane's uh, yeah. not dead, trust I'm me. On, I'm on the same page. Okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's not dead. But overall, I, I dug the duel. I, I really did. I, I liked their kind of the, the shit talking, Cad throwing his past at him, his dad at him, like, fuck you, Boba. It's in your blood to be a cold-blooded killer. Why are you trying to do this? He gets him. He he is still the faster gun, which I love to see. Gets him on the ground, de-helmets him, and and pretty much says like, "See, motherfucker, you always care about yourself." Cad was bringing that old school, some of the same shit Fennec was feeding them all all season long. I mean, even the beginning of this episode, she's like, "What? You're not gonna you're not gonna do this? You're gonna let them get away?" I mean, she still wanted you know blood and. In, in big time retaliation, but uh, I I just I love their 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 dialogue, the duel itself, Cad getting the first shot, de helmeting him, and then just when you think it's gonna go down, Boba, in response to Cad's taunting about the Tuscans and getting soft and family, 
relies on what he learned with his family, rolls out, does the exact move that the warrior did on him in uh, what season or episode one or episode two. Episode two, I think, yeah. Trips him up, gets him on his back, and and unlike the warrior, he actually pierces the chest. Yeah. Um, and you know. It, it appears that Cad Bane is toast. You got Boba standing over him. He, he finally kind of tapped into that, ooh, yeah, I'm a badass type of guy. I, I killed again. Uh, it, it, Nick, I don't know if you can see the stream, but if you look at this screenshot, it looks like Tem bent up with the prop gaffy, and they forgot to correct it because the, the tip is, is fully bent as yeah. he's standing over Cad's body. I don't know if they're saying Cad's like a Terminator and it hit and, and it, you know, it bent it's, over, but... Um, but here, here's what we want to talk about. So, you know, a lot of people were bitching and moaning like, uh, you bring back Cad Bane and then you kill him an episode later. What the fuck? Disney sucks. Stupid (laughs) shit. Robert Rodriguez should die, you know, but if you pay attention and, and I tried to point this out in our discord and in my breakdown that not many people watch. They make it so they make such a point to hover over his supposed corpse that it's it's almost impossible to miss that he's got this sensor on his chest that that started beating. Yeah, as soon as he got tagged. So you have to think this is either this is either like a life alert sensor, the help I fallen can't get up thing, and he's calling to one would think Toto or who whatever, you know, bot he's beating around these days. Or it's some built-in life support right into his his vest. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and look where the stab wound is. Not that I know uh, Duro's physiology. <laughs> exactly, but it, it's it's right in the middle of his chest. Like it's it's you wouldn't think by a traditional heart in a humanoid character. It's not there. It's not a gut wound. I mean, it, to me, it's very survivable, especially when you have a system built in to either alert someone to assist you or possibly to shoot out who knows maybe the suits oozing back to into his vests as we were watching it happen yeah. but be. this dude is not dead yeah i agree with that i agree with that in in totality i mean the the fight itself i thought that the duel was awesome in general i will say that that bane got a little bond villainy towards the end where it's like okay He's talking too yeah, much. Yeah, right? he's, he's yeah. dead. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's down. Yeah, he's uh, kicked his helmet off. Okay, like, now you're giving a full monologue, you know, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, in, in it happens, real though, right? I mean, yeah, it happens yeah. I mean, that everyone. happens all the time. But that was, like, that was that was the first thing I thought. I was, like, a little Bond villainy, but I think that it, you know, like, between these two characters, it's totally appropriate, and I thought it was pretty fun. Um, I totally agree that he's not dead. And one thing that we'll talk about a little bit later was my suspicion as well towards the end. Okay. Um, but o- overall, the the duel was a fun fight. Yeah, sure. I could see I could see what you're saying, but I mean, it happens in all movies. Yeah, you, you could exactly. argue. I mean, I mean, even Darth Vader gets Bond villainy in, in Return of the Jedi. Like, yeah. oh, your sister. Oh, oh, and he just he's like giving Luke more reason to tap into the dark side to the point where like Luke's like, you know what? Fuck you! If you're gonna keep talking, whack, 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 yeah, I was whack, like- whack. <laughs> And cuts his arm off and Vader's like, oh shit, I should have kept my mouth shut. I didn't know that would set my son off so bad. Um, Trevor's saying in the chat, and you know, he's not quoting this as his own, but someone's saying the Duro's heart is in their leg. I don't know. Like I'm I'm a dork, I'm a Star Wars nerd, I'm not that deep into the 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 science of the alien species, but I either way, just the way it was shot was kind of a giveaway that, you know, something 
is not final about this death. Yeah. This this isn't the end of Cad Bane in live action. And, you know, I, I would love Cita Toto come in. You know, I was I was you know, that that would have been a great stinger. But, you know, we'll 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 talk about the stinger. So, um, but yeah, it was good. And, and I think, a lot, you, you know, Nick, the reason we got so much dialogue was to kind of show like, hey, Boba was like this guy. This Boba came from this guy's ilk. Boba worked with this guy, learned from this guy. And while Boba was able to change, Cad never was. And in the end, it looks like it may have cost Cad his life. Probably not. But Cad's philosophy of only worry about yourself ended up biting him in the end where Boba's change of heart, respect, loyalty, solidarity, family makes him stronger. He learned a few things and in the end won a duel with some melee skills. Um, so it was it was it was kind of a cool take on the duel that was supposed to play out in animation, which we all believe it did. Hence Cad's, you know, helmet cap. But now we actually got to see it play out in the canon on screen. So I'll take it for what it was. Yeah. All, all right, right. So this this next part I kind of have a little nitpick with, but Matt, tell yeah, me what just, we're looking I'll, at. I'll, we'll... I'll set it up. So on the stream, yeah. we're we're now at the the Grogu and the Rancor which this would have been Grogu's second big save of Din in the span of maybe five to eight minutes. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of, the Grogu doing his thing loses some of the wow factor, if not yeah. all of it by, by doing it this way. And I think Nick said that this would have been probably a, a much bigger surprise moment if this is when Grogu showed up. Yeah, to, so like to, it, to, it, to have the big save here with the rancor and then yeah. if this was when Grogu showed up, then I then I'm all for like them, you know, using him as like the the catch savior. You know, Mando's gonna be okay because Grogu showed up at this moment, pulled him out of the fire. But we, like Matt said, we had already had kind of a Grogu force save with the Scorpion X droid earlier when he pulls the piece off of it, and then Mando can take it down. And then in a narrative sense, this is, this is Boba Fett's moment. Like there's, you can't, you can't convince me that this moment is worse if Boba Fett is the one that, that stops this rancor because it ties back. And this is, this should have occurred to Robert Rodriguez or whoever was writing like right at the front. John. Like John, John, yeah, John Favreau should have fucking known that this is Boba Fett's moment. You had the entire character cameo of Danny Trejo coming in, bringing him the rancor and saying like, these are not beasts. These are not, you know, creatures with no, uh, you know, feelings or anything like that. These are animals that, that love, that have feelings that can grow attachments to the people who take care of them. Right. They, they can bond. have loyalty. I mean, they, they bond exactly. to the, the first person they see, which was Boba, which was Boba. So like when, when, this moment to me with 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 yeah with with Grogu and the Rancor was thro- was throwaway because I was like this shouldn't have happened. This it was the only moment in in this episode where I was like, man, they, they really dropped the ball. Because if you see Boba f- finishes his battle with with Cad, it's over. We know it's over. He jetpacks away. Everything is going on here. Not only is it his Rancor that's destroying his town now, true, but. He is the one that is supposed to be able to communicate, tame, like he is the one who is emotionally attached to this rancor. If he comes down, stands in front of the rancor and quells it on his own based off of the bond that they've built over time, 
I mean, that is, that's the moment that, that pays off on everything that Danny Trejo's character was talking about. Like that's not like him riding. It isn't the moment because you can fucking sling a chain over a rancor and ride it. Whatever. Like, I mean, even Dave got on the back for a little bit until he picked him off and ate him. Yeah. (laughs) But like him come, if Boba would have been there to, to show that he put in the time, put in the work, built the bomb with this creature and show his people, the people of, most right. Espa that like I am your protector and like I got this. this this beast that seemingly would destroy everything I am in touch with that would have been it but this whole moment with Grogu with just like literally to pay off with just like a cute CG shot of him laying next to it was was totally not worth sacrificing that moment with with Boba and his yeah no, I mean that that's opinion. a that's a very good point and one that I I didn't even see so you know Nick's typically the the more intelligent one on the show anyways but i i wasn't even kind of lining up oh this should have been boba i was just getting into okay i mean how many times are we going to wheel out the the little force protector uh, to to save the day in the in the span of a single episode let alone we we've now seen this at least what three or four times over uh the mandoverse what we have so far yeah uh, but yeah i mean you're you're right the, boba fett quelling the rancor that that would have been a full circle moment on on the trejo and getting the rancor plus also reinforcing the fact that you know this guy is kick-ass he is powerful but he is benevolent and he is here to help out and protect it's just like the 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 grogu save doesn't mean anything like there's no deeper meaning behind it and it's just like the closest you could say is like, well, it's another Mudhorn moment. Like it's similar to the Mudhorn moment, but like we we literally just had it with the Scorpion X droid. So right, I and, mean, and we get was, it. We, a, we understand at this point that Grogu's force potential is strong. All right, we yeah. we we get it. And the fact that they made him a fucking Yoda, I think that makes it very obvious that these things. Not that we know anything about them, but they're as close to being born as the Force as it gets if you're not named Anakin Skywalker. Um, so yeah, it, whatever. I mean, it is what it is, and I think Nick is 100% correct. So let's uh, sign him up to do some screenwriting for the next season <laughs> if we get one. Johnny, give me a call. Johnny Fav, you got my number. <laughs> yeah, because this was the moment that, that Nick was talking about. Just the, yeah, the money the shot of, of Grogu passed out as Din wakes up. Yep. You are, you are correct. That's why it was done. Yeah. All right. Much. So, um, and this is another thing. I, I, Kingdom Weird is bringing this up, and I kind of agree with him too. But the really, one of the, it's a very odd scene. They just do a hard, like, black screen cut, and it goes to the bunker, and you start to see all the orchestrators of the war get picked off. I mean, it, it in the end, Mokshayiz was one of the main conspirators. I mean, we, we yep. all thought he was some jerk off, but no, he was the one that was, was directly working with the Pikes and orchestrating all this and got the other, you know, Gotras to fuck over Boba after all. But what, what I want to hear your opinion on this, Nick, but what Kingdom is saying is <clears throat> this too felt like a missed opportunity for Boba Fett, considering the Pikes were the one that directly murdered his Tuscan family. So it was odd to kind of do, have him off screen again. And, and Fennec is the one that wipes them all out. Now, based on how the episode went, that's what he tasked her with doing. I mean, yeah. he was like, listen, this is your mission. I'm going to stay in the city and protect the city. You need to go take out their brain trust. But uh, I, I do think it, it, at least the, the, the Pike leader 
might have been safe for you know getting a gaffy stick to the eyeball or something would it would have paid off a bit more on that part of boba's arc yeah i i mean i can i don't have an issue with how it played out because i think that at the moment what was more pressing to boba was definitely the bane bane first and then the city because you see like you know he he yeah you know he gets the rancor does all that stuff he wants to he his biggest thing is like he wants these people here to know that he is their protector. And that is the longest lasting effect that he can do. Like if he runs off and nobody sees him during this battle that's destroying what he's claiming to be his territory and he's just off and like, you know, pulling some shit and and that's the thing is like these people here, they can't fight. Like they're they're right. not fighters. Like th- these people as soon as you get near them you pull out your gun, they're done. Like that's it. They were never gonna give Boba an issue anyway. Like he needs the These people were the of generals back know. where back when humans fought like morons yeah. and yeah. lined up in lines, and the generals would just sit up on a hill and and with their little monocles and telescopes be like, All right, send in that say attack their flanks. Yeah. And send in so, that regiment arrows. I mean, I can see Kingdom's point, but I think that it was actually more important for him to be a hero for the people and not just selfishly get those kills because like, Did, Oh, I don't like these people. I want to, Nick, you just watch them. it. Does, does Cad ever reveal to Boba that it was the Pikes or do we only learn that being discussed with all the bad guys? No, I don't even think Cad fucking mentions the Pikes. So, so there, that could be, it's like Boba already feels like he got his vengeance on those that wronged the Tuscans. So I, I don't think it was that huge of a concern, but I, I mean, I, I get Kingdom's point. It is, it might have been satisfying to, to kind of, you know, I think he's saying here in the chat, uh, you know, drop, drop the Pike leader into the Rancor pit, give, give your good boy a nice little meal or something. But oh well, Fennec took him out, and you know, she took him out Batman style. I think it was kind of true to her assassin. You just, you gotta love that. Mo, uh, Mayor McCheese just gets. <laughs> you know, neck lassoed and, Dude, and pulled I, up I and love, hung. I, that's what I was going to say. I actually love that they did that for an Athorian character because like, it's just yeah. the neck. Like he's, Big neck. his whole head is just the neck. So I was like, that, that actually is very fitting. All right. Of, so of, he, of I guess Cad did tell him it was the Pikes, but like Nick said, Boba had okay, other things well, to I, deal with, like Cad yeah. himself and protecting the city. So yeah, but I, yeah, like even him knowing it was the Pikes, I don't think that that's going to make him like run to the Pike leader no. and be like, Oh my God, you did this to me. Like, there's, there's too much else on the line that Boba needed to pay attention to. I'm with you. I'm with um, you. Yeah. So I thought that that scene overall was cool. One other thing that I will say is is one one theme or potential outcome that we kept talking about was like, man, is, is, is Fennec going to turn on him? Like, is Fennec going to switch sides because she keeps telling him like, Dude, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Even why in this episode, taking- I forget what she said, but it was very, it was like the first scene where, where him and Fennec are in the burned out sanctuary. She says something. I'm like, Oh shit. I mean, she, she's definitely turned on this guy, but ultimately that, that didn't happen. Yeah. So there's another I'm, one. I'm kind of happy. It didn't because it's they're good together. For, yeah. It, well, they're good together, but it's also important for just people to know that like, you can disagree with the things that people are doing, but ah, still be loyal to them. Look at you. Like, because every yeah. other time that somebody disagrees, like like in the case of Anakin Skywalker, like 
I don't think that the Jedi are doing things the right way. Well, I don't think that you are doing things the right way. Well, we're just going to kill each other. Like that, that's kind of how every, everything goes in like right. movies. Like that's whenever somebody point. has a disagreement, it's just like, well, Die. we disagree. Yeah. So well, we either like, have to kill you. It's like or, humans now. I mean, it's like Star yeah. Wars fans. Like, oh, you, you don't like the sequels. Fuck you. You like the sequels. Fuck you. It yeah. just, it mean, turns into that. No, fuck you. It's, <laughs> So it was like, for me, it was important for, for people to be able to realize that, yeah, like Fennec may not agree, you know, with all the decisions that Boba's making and Boba may not agree with what Fennec thinks is best to do, but they're loyal yeah. to each other. They, they have each other's back when it counts the most. And that's, what's important is, is the bond that's between them, not the things, not the small things that they disagree on. Yeah. Like, so I thought hey, that that was, fine. again, very, very wise breakdown there. Young Nick. Um, I'm, I'm just a dopey guy that, that likes conflict, I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I do the final scenes, you know, people are like, oh, what the fuck? I mean, once he wins and is getting the adulation, He's he's creeped out by. I mean, he's literally creeped out by people praising him, giving him shit, doing the. I mean, he's even bitching about doing the the arm pound, like I got you, like yeah, you know, doing the chest beat and stuff. And uh, you know, I think they they make it very clear, and and we'll talk about a potential second season after we're done breaking this down. But they make it very clear that that Boba's done with this shit, and I, I think it's getting passed to someone that they made very obvious during the, the, the stinger scene there. But I, I will have to say, Nick, uh, the screenshot I have up on the live stream now, this was the first time in the Mandoverse that I feel like we had a, a network TV Miller time moment where yeah. <laughs> the group's all together and they're like, ah, ha, ha, yeah, you, uh, you give the Wookiee the melon, hoo, hoo, hoo. It's like, yeah, Miller times. Like everyone was about ready to, break open a beer and drink it and jump up and all do high fives. And then the, you know, the, the camera pauses and then it goes to credits, something like that. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I mean, I think they are trying to establish these people as, as Boba's gang and you know, they, they may pop up as much as some fans do not like the mod squad. There's a good chance that they will, remain in the Mandoverse. Yeah. Um, I if mean, anything, look, let, let's hope Santos stays in it. I mean, I, you got like that. They even broke out the, the, the fucking rat catcher for the scene. I mean, that, that yeah, was, a, how know, about right? that? That was, that was like just to put the, <laughs> to, to, to put the cherry on top of this Miller time moment we get. And so no, I, I like the scene. I know that people have problems with the mod squad. I, I never had a problem with the characters. And look, I told my other nitpick was that like, I told Matt, in the pre-show, I was like, look, somebody needs to sit down with Robert Rodriguez and be like, look, man, this like sp your speeder chases need some tweaking. Like we need some work done on yeah, how hit, you hit fast forward or something, run speeders. faster with the camera, the dolly or something. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Because like I was saying, like Pelly's rickshaw goes yeah, faster than the speeder. This is a great speeder. point, by the way, people <laughs> listen to this. Go ahead. I, I stepped know, so, on so, you. So like, you know, Pelly throws the wrench at this rickshaw. This thing... <laughs> And it's like just a droid with one wheel. This thing fucking hit. It hits it. And then boom, this thing's moving like fast. And these speeders, like these kids are driving them and I'll give it to the, like you have to give it to the actors here they're because trying. they don't, they don't know how fast they're going. Like in the show, they're just like, you're in a speeder chase. You're going fast. Make it look like you're going fast. So like, that's how they're acting, which is why it looks even weirder Cause they're like swinging these things into like turns and skids 
Like they're going 90 miles an hour, but really they're only going 20. And that's all on Rodriguez and whoever's watching the dailies and stuff like that. But it's just somebody has to explain to him like, look, man, or whoever's watching these and making final cut like these. You need to be going faster than this if you're literally going like this to swing (laughs) into a turn or, or, you know, to like, oh, the, you know, they hit something and they flip off. But if you're only going 20 miles an hour, you're not going to fly off of a speeder if you hit some. So, that, I mean, like that was a nitpicky part to me. I never had a problem with the colors because honestly, like if can you imagine if you're like you're you're in your early 20s, you're growing up on tattooing, you're you're kind of like a rebellious kid. I don't know if if, you know, the people listening have gone through their rebellious phase. But like, and, and you look at your surroundings and everything around you is like earth tones and fucking brown. Run down, I'd be like, rustic, rusty. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck that, man. Like, I want yeah. something that's got Stands some color. Out. I want to look badass. So like, I never had a problem with that. But like, definitely the speed of the speeders was. It still is. It's like uh, for desired. some reason in this wing of Star Wars, if a vehicle does not touch the ground, <laughs> it, it goes slow. Yeah, which doesn't make it. sense because there's there's less friction, right? If you're hovering, but yeah, and Nick he brought this up before, during our pre-show. I was like, dude, you're right because that that rickshaw, I mean that that droid had some fucking wheels on him, like especially when he he got the wrench to the head, he kind of yeah. hit he hit the nos button and he was off to the races. He was but rolling, and it's they just so weird. Could not figured out with the Vespas yeah. because in in Return of the Jedi, like the. F- like that's probably the fastest scene and one of the fastest scenes in all of Star Wars is the is the speeder bike chase through indoor forest. Like you're those things were flying. So I don't I just don't know why yeah, they could and, and that was shot in in the early 1980, 80s. Yeah. Like and they were literally just like sitting on a rig and having you know like a screen go by them. Yeah. So. Uh, we we've been told to get on Star Wars Insta. Who knows what this means? Uh, oh no get on star wars instagram right now instagram.com slash star wars what is it i don't know you have to be more clear mythos bob i don't know because all (laughs) i'm looking at it there's like a vader tease decades long old republic saga continues it's it's malgus it's like a big yeah yeah it's probably up your alley nick you still play the tour that's the it's the release of the new uh star wars the old republic expansion if that's what he's talking about i don't know i mean that just came came out we're stupid right we're dumb you gotta yeah we need details uh, links all that stuff I don't I don't um, see a story, but if you're talking about them, that is Darth Malgus and that is the trailer for Legacy of the Sith, the expansion for uh, Star Wars, the Old Republic and all of the stuff that you're kind of seeing leading up to it is just like a, you know, like a trailer of, of what's happened thus far. In, in yeah, I mean, the, I'm, or I'm in so the far removed from I never even got into it. So, I mean, yeah, I think Malgus looks badass and these cinematics yeah. are fucking great, but Eh, oh well, it's not in not in my uh my periphery here. People always love the the cinematics. I mean, they're some of the best cinematics in the, in the in the universe for Star Wars the Old Republic, but nobody plays the game. People just didn't play it. Yeah. So. All right. Well, back, back to Book of Fo- Boba, Foba, whatever you want to call him, Boba Cup. But you know, Rodriguez obviously taking it in the teeth again, and deservedly, I think. But I was saying to Nick, like, listen, he's he's one person. There are multiple people above him that were involved in this project. That that it's not like Robert was locked away in a bunker, 
editing and didn't show anyone anything before these released. It, it is odd that you would have to think John, Dave, dare I say Kathy, other producers were looking at these episodes before they aired on Disney Plus and, and they signed off on all of it. So, hey, I'm not that I'm not excusing some of the mistakes we all perceive that Robert made, but it's this this is an ensemble creation. Yeah, and just a lot like, a lot of people were were okay with it. I'm not saying that makes the wonky visuals justified. Let's just be real here. I mean, you know, Robert's taking it on the chin, and he deserves a lot of it. But there's a lot of people that were involved that were put got George's stamp and were like, "Yep, approved, yeah. good. Yeah. Speeders look great. They're going fast. Let's go get it out. I mean, put it in the trailer." We have to, you know, we have to give credit, and we also have to give critique to to John and Dave as well. You know, like everybody wants to talk about, you know, yeah, they're, they, they are doing a great job with the Mando verse. They are, you know, you can call them quote unquote, the savior, saviors of star Wars, if you want to, whatever you want to do, but in, in you have to give them their fair amount of critique because as Matt said, like Favreau wrote this episode. So like, if you thought that there were odd plot beats, then that is not going to be on Rodriguez. Like, Rodriguez is given a script just like we heard in the making of Mandalorian season two, where John says, I gave Robert a six page script and I said, you fill it in with all your action (laughs) bullshit. Like that's kind of what happens here. Like John gives him the script and he's like, you make this in the way that you make things. And, and you know, Robert's not like, Oh, well I think that Fennec should be the one that kills all of the Pike leadership. Or I think that, that Grogu should be the one that, no, that should quell the rancor. Like this isn't, you know, these aren't Robert's decisions. Like he's the guy who who makes the the words turn into moving pictures. He's not the guy who makes the words. So you have to to levy a fair amount of criticism against uh against writers and stuff like that too. Now, like like Kingdom of Weird is saying, Rodriguez's episodes look worse when he had episode five and six, you can show how to be done. So like if you have a problem with the, the visual aesthetic of it or, or, or stuff like that, then yeah, you can levy that against, against Robert. But also like Matt said, people like John is probably looking at it. The dailies, Dave is probably looking at the dailies. So, I mean, there, there's a level of, of scrutiny that it goes through above Robert. And if, if they say, Hey, you know, check Mark, check Mark, check Mark, then I mean, it's the onus does not fall completely on Robert for, you know, the the, the final cut is what I'll say. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to completely kick him out of the Star Wars club because let, let's be real. The whole reason I think Book of Boba came to be was his episode of Mando and, yeah. and making him look like a badass. So, I mean, he, he did score that one, but... Yeah, I, I'm with I'm with everyone. I'm I'm not uh, like I said. I'm not an R squared apologist. His episodes, even to me, did not look as refined as the ones not directed by him. Uh, but he was also given some content from the, uh, the the writing team. So you know, there there's blame to share all around. And I don't know. I think Joe's talking about him and the the mouse in his pocket, but. I've been the one beating the drum all season long when people are like, oh, Bryce Dallas Howard's the best ever. I'm like, yo, she's great. But listen, she's on the backs of John and Dave's story. John's story. All right. So it is it is a team effort. But we do like to kind of find individuals and, and throw darts or, or, or throw roses if it's the other scenario. But in the end, Star Wars is not just one person. 
it really hasn't been that way since since George gave it up. When it was George, yeah, hundred percent. It was especially the prequels. Yeah, I mean, it was all legitimately. Him. It was person. all him. Everything yeah. he made yeah. final calls on the art department. He wrote the story. He was directing everything. So um, outs- outside yeah. of that, it's a it's a shared experience at this point in yeah. time. Even even the OTs were a shared experience between the other directors and and Larry Kasdan as writer on those movies. So all right. So continuing uh, on. Uh, with with some of the key moments and and wh- where things may go, uh, gimmicky or not, whatever. Grogu and Mando together just make me smile. Seeing them in the ship in the little bit we got at the end, you know, parents again, you're probably used to this stuff where your kids just they want something and no, tink 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 tink, they want something no, tink 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 tink, <laughs> they want something no, tink tink. All right, fine, I'll do it. It's just like. It, all parents are used to that, but I, you know, you got to love Grogu sitting there beating on the window to get daddy Din to hit the go fast button one more time. Yeah. And you get that shot when he hits the button of this little puppet going. Woo! And to me, that's why I love star Wars. That's why I like this type of stuff. It's silly, but it's fun. It's cute. Dare I say a word like that being such a manly man that I am, but let's be real. These two are meant to be together. Whether we wanted it to happen now or not, they just work. There's something about a, a badass warrior in Beskar and a little baby Yoda that just is charming as fuck. And there's so much that they can do with the writing and the filming to, to kind of bring that relationship to life and, and make you know people, other parents, uh, siblings, just, just kind of think about their own relationships. So uh, I love the moment. Uh, who knows where they're headed? Like I said, I mean, now that Grogu's back in the picture, just willy nilly like that, we we have to assume that's how season three is going to start. And I would think that Din is will be doing some uh, legwork, some research on Mandalore and how he can redeem himself. Uh, just now, we're going to have the little guy with him, which you know I, I thought it would have been nice to have Din by himself for a little bit on this Mandalore quest, but. Hey, you got to sell fucking Grogu merch somehow, and you can't do that when he's <laughs> off training with Luke off screen. So he's back, and uh, yeah. you know we're, it looks like we're going right into season three with the pair back together so soon. One thing, Nick, and you know this is this kind of wishy washy stuff, but for more casual fans that might not have watched Boba Fett, do you think this? cheapens the feels they had at the end of Mandalorian season two with them being separated. Cause they're going to come back to season three and Hey, we're back together already. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely one of those things where you have to, the story is reliant on all pieces now, not just, you know, a continuation from season to season. Um, if anything, for for those of you or for the people who are just watching The Mandalorian and didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, now you have a reason to go back and watch it because you yeah. can be like, all right, well, like, what the hell story. happened? Like, yeah. clearly I missed something here. So maybe that was like a conscious choice by the writing team to like force people who haven't watched it to at least go back and watch some of the episodes and see, you know, how how Grogu uh, reunited. Um, I don't I don't think it cheapens the moment. Um because that, like, 
I, we don't I, know how I much. I mean, to, we don't know how much time passed. Really, exactly. I mean, it could have been a year. It could have been yeah. a year. Why not? Like we we don't really know. It like this this whole timeline's like even from the beginning of Mando S one to now, like it hasn't done a great job of giving you like no like time no, key dude. updates on like we, we how almost long it's need been. we almost need like dummies sometimes that the five years later yeah, two months like two some, weeks later <laughs> it, would, it would be nice yeah but. I, I always try to take stuff like that in isolation. Like it, like for me, it's not going to cheapen the moment because in, in the moment when that was happening, like I didn't know that a season of book later that he was going to be back. Like, you know, right. I, I just try to like compartmentalize that kind of stuff and, and, and not, not have it ruined by the things that surround it or come after it. Well, I was more talking about, like I said, people that aren't going to do Boba and would have no insights, but I, I think you make a good point. It, if they do, love Grogu and the story that, that that would probably compel them to dig into it. At least watch, you know, five, yeah. five, six, seven. Yeah. And it gives to, them a chance to, to go back. So, Hey, I mean, I guess that's just another way like, Oh, Hey, yeah, you like that. And we'll go buy yourself a Disney plus sub and watch the book of Boba Fett at your own house. You cheap bastard, something like that. So, and then, um, the stinger we got, which w- may have been something else according to one of our sources, but it is revealed and, you know, they, they kind of, they try to trick us up early on. I don't know if you hear, if you heard the weak way, but I mean, he kind of makes it sound the din like Cobb is dead. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's like, like, oh yeah. He's like, oh, he fell. Killed he got in taken cold out. blood. Yeah. He's like, like, oh, all right. Well then why the hell were you guys like doing CPR on him? And he looked like he was alive, but whatever. Yeah. But you do get in the, in the stinger that, uh, the person Boba was referring to because we saw Santo there. So it wasn't going to be, be him unless Santa already took his turn that Boba promised him. Remember, Boba said, I owe you a soak in the back of the tank. Yep. So um, after, I mean, come on. I, I think uh, Kersantan challenges Din for the number one bullet sponge in all of Star Wars. Now. And that motherfucker doesn't even have best yeah, I mean, He was he's getting shot in the fucking, legs and the arms. Yeah, fucking shot He's shot. getting hacked to, to pieces, and, and he's, still, he's still ticking. I, I don't know. I love my man Chewbacca, but I, I have to give Santo the the King of the Wookiees title for now. I mean, he is a, a badass motherfucker. At least he can take a ton of damage off screen and come back and, and win the day. But yeah, so Cobb's in the tank and Nick, I, I think the reason this was the the stinger, you know, if they are going into a season two based on what uh, Boba was saying, the Fennec, it sounds like they're done with this mission. They want to go back to kind of doing their own thing. And they even tease at the end, like Fennec says, well, then who can we trust? And it's like, all right, well, Cobb already has in the bag. He, he can take care of people. He can run a town. He can keep people safe, make them feel good. He's not a dickhead. He doesn't get in with, with crime syndicates. You know, he was there essentially keeping the pikes out of most Pelgos for as long as he could by himself. So I think the reason he ended up in the tower, in the tank, with the modder, was to kind of postulate Cobb is going to be the new daimyo of, of Tatooine. I, I think Boba is going to turn over the reins to Cobb. Yeah. Banth. Yeah, I think so. And I think with this ending and, and we'll get to, uh, some, some potential, uh, different stuff like Matt said a little bit later, but with this ending, I think that this could be the way that they're trying to reshape Rangers of the new Republic. I know that. Okay. Um, essentially after, you know, uh, Kara left and, or not Kara, what, what's her real name? 
uh, Gina, after Gina left, you know, that, that whole thing got thrown into disarray, shelved, probably something like that, but they probably had like a core idea of like, okay, well, we want this show to kind of be like, these are the outer rim Rangers of, of this new galaxy. And I think that, you know, with, with Cobb taking the mantle as the daimyo of Tatooine, having this this crew already around him with the modders who who knows what black k is going to do if he sticks around if he jets out again and and then also now having you know like having the relationship between Cobb and Mando where Mando can come to Tatooine feel safe now can can coordinate with with Cobb and 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 stuff like that i feel like a huge base of operations yeah, exactly. right i mean they got the palace i feel like they they could use this as kind of a jumping off point for whatever the iteration of Rangers of the New Republic could be, whatever it is now, because it probably won't even have that same name. It'll probably be a completely different name. And then maybe maybe this is where, you know, if, if Crimson Dawn is going to come into this Mandoverse, like maybe it's with Cobb Vanth at the helm, and then that may bring, you know, that may pull Mando back in. That may pull Boba Fett back in and, you know, start to see kind of the formation of this super team, for lack of a better word, that uh, that that can use tattooing as a home base, and then can also kind of branch off from. There, yeah, so. I mean, I I don't know if it, like you said, if if it ever comes back, it, it may be called something else, and, and it makes sense because um, we're not really gonna have the Rangers. Yeah. I mean, they they literally gave Cara Dune a fucking Ranger. Yeah, medal, I was to say like the new less. the new Republic I mean, angle of that much. is kind of gone now because that was the whole bonus for it. Yeah. But you got to think, I mean, Cobb, I don't even know if we can classify him as a scoundrel. He really seems like a do-gooder. So I could see this guy who was a marshal of another most kind of being open to working with the New Republic and, and having some sort of real law and order versus every most for himself. Yeah. I mean, they, they even bring it up. I think it was this episode like, oh. Uh, you know, most icely, they do whatever the fuck they want. That that was playing on the, the 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 hive of scum and villainy we learned about in the New Hope, where Espa is ruled by the the daimyo and Pelgo is pretty much a free town that is has a has a marshal. Uh, but the guy's already kind of been in the role of some form of law enforcement or or uh, you know protector of the public. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I could see him getting down if the New Republic wanted to come in and, and work with him, him being open to that, because uh, he already is a guy that seems to be more into the law than like a Han Solo. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't classify Cobb Vanth as an anti-hero. No, definitely not. He's he's def he's yeah. a he's a sheriff like he is. As far as we've seen so far, he is like the perfect example of like. Hey, I'm the sheriff of a small town, and now he's going to be taking on a much different role. And as the leader of Mos Espa, I mean, Mos Pelgo was a town of 50 people, if that. Um, but yeah, he, I don't see him as an anti-hero. I don't see no, him as a like. You know. He is kind of a leader of of men yeah. and women and aliens. So I think him taking over for Boba Fett is inevitable. It just how do we extend that? We, is there going to be a second season? If not, how do we loop him and, uh, you know, his daimyo ship back into the Mandoverse? Yeah. I think Nick has a kind of a good idea. Maybe they repurpose Rangers, give it a new title, or just keep it the same and yeah. they make I, him a I fucking Ranger. I will say that if, if he is able to get, like, 
you know, the, the new Republic out there to Tatooine, that'll be the first time probably in Tatooine's history that it, it's been under the, the, I don't want to say control, but like under the umbrella of like the Republic or the, or even the empire, because like the the empire's reign really didn't even. They left it to the hut. I mean, they left it the job. They're like, hey, like most of the outer rim who gives Yeah, like most of the core governments have always kind of just kept away from the outer rim because it's too, it's too far away. It's too hard to deal with. There's too many. No resources. No resources. Too many of the syndicates run around there. So it's just a constant problem. So if they did, like if, if Cobb did kind of take, like bring the new Republic to Tatooine, that would be an interesting first um, question from Cabo. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, from, go from ahead. Kingdom says, take away the Mando and Luke episodes. Is this the Boba Fett film that got canceled? Um, I, I'm going to say no, because I mean, the Boba thing, if it was real, was so many years ago in development that, you know, the Mando verse wasn't even a thing yet. Uh, I, I think it probably, obviously you'd have to see his, his save or his, I mean, who knows? Maybe it would have been during the OT era, but probably I not. I think that there are elements. I do. I, I don't, I, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think it, 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 there was some pretty major changes to maybe angle him to be a little bit more of a human yeah. that talks and has feelings versus just, I think the movie probably would have went a little harder at his murderous cold-blooded side as cad kept reminding us i agree i think there are elements of it that were probably in the movie like i i do think that you probably would have seen a similar escape from the rancor pit um if they chose to play it in in the post era i don't think that that you know I, i think that you get a similar beginning i'll put it that way where he escapes from the rancor pit and then has to go through some sort of like desert, you know, trials and tribulations to, to kind of make his way. But I think that it, you wouldn't have flashed ahead because the, the, like the entirety of the show is, I mean, like the entirety of the meat of the show is essentially set in the current Mando verse timeline. I feel like the movie would have just stayed from gets out of Rancor pit and then moves from there. And then like Matt said, he probably, either picks up his mantle again as king of the bounty hunters yeah, he's right and, back to kicking and, ass and kind of takes that uh that route but yeah they definitely took elements and then they they made it fit into like this is now mandoverse we want these characters to play together so we're gonna have to do a little bit of editing of what we potentially thought could be the yeah, movie. I mean, what, what, do we, what do we end up getting like five and a half hours of book of boba when it's all said and somewhere done? around there yeah yeah, I mean that that's that's like two or three movies. So clearly they they added a ton if they did repurpose any from from the film. Uh, another one here from Bat. No, I, I he Bat is asking. You don't think they've set up the Rangers type thing with the X wings being viewed as police type? No, I I agree. I mean I think they they would they could still be in the reincarnation of Rangers that Nick is talking about. I mean in fact. They showed up in Book of Boba. Captain Carson Tiva clearly has an angle to talk to Din Djarin. Yeah. So they're they're almost main side characters at this point. I mean, they were patrolling around Tatooine in the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Trapper Wolf wasn't with them, but but Captain Car- uh, Carson Tiva was. So yeah, I, I think they would still play a big role in that. And and I as I kind of postulated earlier. I could see them trying to work with Cobb and maybe give him that the, the, the Ranger medal or some shit like that. Give him kind of officially bless him as some sort of governing body in the new Republic on top of his daimyo ship of 
uh, Tatooines. I, I don't I don't think that stuff's gone. If anything, they're probably going to bleed a lot of the Ranger stuff into the Mandoverse. Yeah. Like it's it's not going to be a series, but you may get some of their ideas pop up in Ahsoka, Mando season three, and and whatever else we might get with Boba Fett. Yeah. But looks like Cobb's going to get some sort of mods. What, what do you think they're going to do? Is he going to get like a robo arm, Nick? How do you think uh, yeah, yeah. Thundercat's going to trick him yeah, out? Yeah, I mean, if you think about... And that's the thing that was weird to me is like they, they you know, they bring in the modder, you know, and really he like he all he got shot in the shoulder. Like, go go back. And, I mean, like, maybe I need to go back and watch it again. But like, did they blow his arm off? Like, maybe? I was going to say, <laughs> like, what the fuck happened? Like, did he have like a lot of internal damage because it's a blaster and like maybe it like seared the inside it's, of his it, like arm or something because yeah, blaster bolts don't ricochet like slugs correct n- like in a in a human's body yeah. I, I, would, I would imagine blaster bolts go fused. in and out or just or burn. just like yeah like if it hits like it doesn't like yeah so the only thing that i can imagine is like there was some serious like internal stuff but like the only thing that they would probably have to to address is his shoulder so maybe he i mean like maybe he gets a fucking robot arm and you know like I, I I wouldn't be surprised if 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 we see Cobb with like a you know a Terminator arm in the, in the next next time we see him. But yeah, I'm I'm glad he's. I think we all knew he was going to live, but this is confirmation. I, I think Timothy's great in Star Wars. He's great for the character, and I am excited to kind of see what what they do with him. Yeah. Because as I said last week. What I love about the Mandoverse is we're already getting payoffs on all these relationships that Din has established over the, the first two seasons. And now we're going to get that, too, from the Book of Boba Fett. Even if you don't like them, it'll be neat to see the Mod Squad show up in future something to do something. Yeah. Same with Santo. Uh, you know, obviously Fennec. I, I wouldn't even mind seeing the Major Domo again, to be yeah, honest honestly, with you. Honestly, like, I mean, he it, was, again... Like when you have those comedic care, I really enjoy them. I, I I enjoy those comedic breaks with Pelly and with the major domo and, and stuff like that. It 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 reminds you that like you're in a land of absurdity. And like you like so when when Boba Fett is is surrounded by fucking people with shields and then he he blows up somebody with a wrist rocket, it, it feels in universe because it's a universe of absurdity. Like you, you have to be okay with shit like that. I like Trevor here. He's trademarking best, best arm. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> he does want some armor, right? Yeah. And he, even Cad, Cad reminded him, and I think he reminded Boba, like, hey, you took his armor. Yeah. armor. That's why he's dead, you dickhead. Yeah. All right. No, but, um, so, well, there, there you go. Overall. There you go. That's. Do you, do you think that this season of Book of Boba Fett Gave you what you wanted. I'll put it that way. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I mean, you'll get no complaints from me. Sure, I could sit there and get on a high horse and or a soapbox and nitpick stuff till the cows come home, but I, it's, I'm not in Star Wars for that anymore. Uh, I don't really want to hate watch stuff. If if I watch it and I'm entertained, I'm entertained. I don't need to justify it to anyone else. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think from episode one through episode seven. As a whole, it's a solid series. It turned Boba Fett from a background mute character, bozo idiot, into an actual speaking character that has motivations now beyond just making cash. I think he's left wide open at the end of Book of Boba Fett, meaning they could take him in any direction they want to now. They could, you know, maybe have him dabble in the seedy shit. 
they could have him head towards and do some heroic stuff with Din. Um, the obviously the the Mandoverse crossover stuff was a thing of beauty. I mean, people just two weeks ago were talking about how those episodes were the greatest thing they've ever saw. So you you got to give credit to the Book of Boba Fett for that. So yeah, Nick, I 100% think this uh, this series did what I wanted it to do. Obviously, the finale was a bit anticlimactic because of what I had built up in my head. I'd still argue as we broke down throughout our, our full deep dive that, you know, some of the, 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 the writing choices probably weren't the best. But in the end, we have moved the Mandoverse forward. We have added new characters, both interesting and for some annoying and uh, we, we have Din and Grogu set up on, on kind of a clean slate to enter into their adventure in Mandalorian Season 3, which I think is going to be heavy on Mandalorian stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, this, this was not a, a Last Jedi for me, even though The Last Jedi wasn't a Last Jedi for me. Yeah. So, I'm good. <laughs> I still like Star Wars. I don't feel like I need to burn down the mouse or throw shit at Kathleen, John, Robert, or anyone. Of course, there was some horrendous-looking moments. Yeah. All right, let's be <laughs> let's be yeah, honest. But be so what? I'm here. I've said it a thousand times. I'm here for story, and for the most part, I think the story paid yeah, off. Yeah, I agree. I think that from a story angle, they they did Boba Fett. I think they did Boba Fett more than justice. I feel like the easy way was to make a show about Boba Fett just being a bounty hunter again. You know, just going back to his old shit and then you follow him along with bounties and stuff. I think that's that's like the like the base level kind of what anybody would think about. Like, oh, if you're going to make a Boba Fett thing, what's it going to be? And anybody who knows the character would say like, hey, we're going to, he's going to come back out the pit. He's super pissed off at, at, at Han Solo because he knocked him into the pit and that's it. He's on a case for vengeance. He's a bounty hunter again. He's getting back out there. Like that's the, that's easy. You, anybody could have done that. Like it, it took, it took a lot of character work. It took a lot of development and it took a lot of good storytelling to tell a story about a man who has realized like, Hey man, this is where my life choices have led me so far to the bottom of a yeah. Rancor pit or to the bottom of a Sarlacc pit and choices equal bad yeah, like need to fix clearly there's something that needs to be done here. So, you know, while, while a lot of, it seems like a lot of people who watch this series just wanted the, the pew pew fly, fly, kill, kill Boba Fett. Like I think it actually did a lot more for his character and his development as a character to have a, a, a series like this. So I was, I was, Hey, look, props showed up props. You, you missed our, I kind of laid down the law and you're approaching the entitlement approach. Yeah, no. So we'll, we'll leave you alone. It's, it's garbage for you. You have fun in your dumpster, but <laughs> we're, we're not, we're not going to those lengths. No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we had a whole talk on, on the fandom and, and what is intelligent critiques and what is the entitled just, I'm going to light it all on fire, wow, wow type of stuff. So Go, rewind it. Uh, I'm not getting, I'm not getting back get, into that. Catch stuff. it on the podcast platform. But yeah, that, I mean, that that's, <laughs> go, go catch the beginning of the show props. But um, no, right. I mean, I, I, I mean, listen, 
I, I just can't do it. I yeah. mean, call me a, a Star Wars sucker or, you know, I, I, I open my mouth and let them shit down my throat. W- whatever. There, I, I can't really name anything that, of Star Wars that I would just call complete garbage. I just, I can't. Yeah. Even as, as much as I dislike the prequels, I probably did say they're garbage a few times, to be honest with you. But at this point in time, as I've become enlightened, it's like, nah, fuck it. You know, it wasn't for me at the time, thanks to Clone Wars and other things, I, I've come around to it. I actually do enjoy watching them now, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm at a point in my Star Wars life, fan life, that it just, I watched Star Wars Resistance and liked it, yeah. all right? So I guess you guys can call me an idiot, a shill, a dope. I just like Star Wars. Yeah. That's and, it. And here's the thing, too. It's like, you know, if it could they have made the... The pew pew, I'm a bounty hunter again, Boba Fett. Like, sure. Would it have been good? Probably. I mean, the same people would have been in charge of it. But oftentimes, you have to realize that making the easy content isn't necessarily the best content. I mean, just because something is easy to do, like, oh, yeah, this is easy. You just get him out of the pit, get his armor back, and then he starts shooting people again. Like, sometimes that's not the best content that's not the best for the direction that you want to take your character. So, um, something to think about. Yeah. Hey, in the end there, there's definitely a, we'll call it like the, the, the TL, the, it's like a, a line in, in the fandom. It's like a demarcation line happened with TLJ. And I think you'll forever have those splits. Yeah. It seems the same people that were really sour on TLJ were the same that were really sour on book. And hey, as 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 Justin's saying here, to each their own. It's not for me to figure out. Uh, I you know I I wish all Star Wars fans enjoyed stuff as as much as I did because it really does make me happy. I'm gonna miss that fix we got every Wednesday. <laughs> And, you know, Nick and I were talking, we're, we're, we're like three months away from getting that fix back. I'm a junkie. I want it. I want to, I want to be excited on a Tuesday night to where I wake up at four ass AM <laughs> and do, and do five hours of work before my real work day even begins. But that's me. So I don't know. Am I stupid? I don't know. That, that's how you, you, you kind of are made to feel these days in the fandom. If you like something that other people uh, do not, but whatever. Like I said, I, 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 I want to get the fuck away from all that nonsense. It just, as Nick was saying, uh, before we had Book of Boba Fett to talk about, you know, sometimes it's hard to get up and do this because the fandom is so goddamn fickle and angry and it, it's just, there's so much negativity sometimes. I live in the negative. I, I can't have it in, in my Star Wars. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I 100% agree with you. I just, I don't want that anymore. You know, like, you know, maybe yeah, when I was in my up. early twenties and stuff like that, when I still had like a lot of piss and vinegar and, and, and everything, then like, true, you know, maybe I would be on online and stumping and saying, this is shit. This is fucking terrible. But you know, I wasn't like that with the prequels. I wasn't like that with the sequels, you know, like, you know, I, I've voiced my opinion on TLJ multiple times, but I was never person that's like i'm gonna burn somebody's fucking house to the ground like it, yeah <laughs> like it ruined my yeah, like, ruined my childhood yeah, type like, of stuff know. you know so hey whatever i guess you can't win them all i'm just uh, so far i'm glad that i'm enjoying what the mandoverse has has given us because i know trust me people those feeling salty on book of boba fett i know that feeling 
but I can also tell you it's not worth holding on to that shit. I held on to my my prequels hate for a decade or more. I mean, it, it, it's just what Nick over the past two or three years, maybe. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's, it's recently subsided. that you have come down. <laughs> yeah, because there was like there was some Friday night, I and mean, you remember we used to do this on Friday nights after happy hour yeah. for me. So we, we, I would just <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't live. I mean, we just get on, and sometimes Nick would be like prequels, and I'd just be like for an hour yeah, straight. Like I, I just, would just fucking going. Nuts. I would budget at least. <laughs> 15 to 20 minutes of time for uh, in any episode, every show, every show even <laughs> if there wasn't like a prequel related story, I'd be yeah. like 15. We got 15 to 20 minutes of Mac just like <laughs> shitting hardcore on the prequels. Just, just, it's going to happen. Yeah. Just build it in. And then we move on. I get it. I get it, man. I get it. It was, those were the days, but boy. You know, I'd go to B-dubs, I'd have a half gallon of Coors Light in my system. We'd hit go, and I'd just be like, blah! <laughs> like, Let me tell you what I think about Anakin Skywalker. And I'd, just be like, I'd be like, all right, here we See, go. See, Nick even, and I, he even remembers, like, my go-to arguments. Like, I, I, I knew, I probably because I was drunk half the time, I was just repeating the same shit over and over. Oh, uh, but hey. It's good to at least tolerate the prequels these days. It really is. And thank God for the Clone Wars. That's all I'll say. All right. So let, let, let's we're, we're still with a little bit of Book of Boba Fett here because we did get an exclusive. Obviously, it didn't go anywhere because no one gives a shit about the Star Wars time show. But such is life. We're used to it. Oh, sorry. Before I move on, Brando had a great line here in the chat. I like this. He said, yeah, man, that's why I mad up the difficulty on games so I can just enjoy the story. <laughs> No shame. Yeah, I love it. I love it. No, I I just, I like that it's turned into a a, a term now. Mad up the difficulty. That's, that's a thing of beauty. Brando, thank you for that. That is good stuff. Uh, Oh, that is funny. Mad up the difficulty. Can we get a drunk show sometime? Oh man, go, go back and listen to some of the shows before SWTS was official. Like go yeah, I think we, I think we did a few. There was a couple on Fridays, couple. but not many. Yeah, because once uh, once we made the full switch over to SWTS, I think, man, I think that I was close to moving into the house, and by that point, the the Friday drunk shows had ended. Yeah, we we moved it to to Tuesdays because yeah. it was like I mean, sometimes I wouldn't even get home till like nine or 10 my time. And then we'd go live and it'd be like midnight on Friday. And I'm sitting in my basement, like prequels. It's like, what am I doing with my Friday nights here? (laughs) I used to like get online and play games with friends and catch up. And now I'm just drunk talking in circles with a sober guy. (laughs) Uh, But no, I mean a a drinking show that, that, that could, that could be a possibility, especially coming up in in May here when we talk about Kenobi. Oh man! If we get bear on content, maybe we can try that out. We can both, you know, get maybe just do like a stoned cast where we both hit a little bit of the leaf and then do it. The, 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 the best ever still is is the one where it, obviously it was post happy hour. This one was and it was the incredible. first time I, I, I was sent cartridges, not not like the five ten screw on heads, but cartridges. And if you know, you know. They're just kind of a different level. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll do my, my, my pre-show. Hell, I didn't even, it wasn't even pre-show. I, I would just do it as we were talking. <laughs> it was like Jay and Silent Bob back in the day. Uh, but 
it, it killed me. Like I was in, I was literally on Tatooine. I, I was gone. And Nick, we were talking about something. It was, it was a new trailer, I think, for, it was, for like a series it was coming for, out. Or, um, it was for Resistance. It was for Star Wars Resistance. And yeah, like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, good. We're, we're breaking down a trailer and, and Nick, he's just like, yeah, there was this and that. And I like this. And I really appreciate what they're doing here. And I w- this is probably going to tie into this and the sequels. And he's like, so Matt, what did you like? And there was like an awkward pause. And what I was like, I like the helmets. Uh, I like the helmets. Yeah. Like that. that was, like really, yeah. <laughs> real fucking and slow. Like that was the end of his <laughs> statement. And I was like, so caught off guard. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. The helmets. Yeah. Good. The helmets good for you, Matt. Looked, Thank you for sharing. They looked great, man. The helmets, <laughs> the helmets looked awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Now, cause I mean, you know how we work. We, we do very well with the pass. Very rarely do, do I stop speaking and there's dead air. Nick knows to just go. Yeah. So he threw it to me. He gave me the, the speaking stick. <laughs> and all I could say was, I really liked the helmet. And that was the, <laughs> like, that was okay, well, moving on to the next topic on the Star Wars time show. So, yeah, that was good times. Good times, yeah. man. The, some of the shit I must have said on those episodes, like <laughs> I, I, I feel like I should just go delete all that shit because I, I know I probably spoke some some heinous stuff <laughs> about people, about Star Wars, you name it. It was it was bad. <sighs> all right. So real quick, Book of Boba Fett, like I said, we, we got an exclusive. Our, our source hit the bat signal, re-responded, put it out there. It didn't get picked up anywhere, but oh what. Uh, I am running it as a rumor because I couldn't vet it with an additional source. I, I do like to at least kind of get two yays or nays before I call something official. But according to our source, there was supposed to be another end credit scene in the Book of Boba. It was the same scene, but there was a different character in the tank, and that character was supposed to be Cad Bane. So, who knows why they pivoted? Uh, I, I, th- I still think Cad Bane is alive, but according to our source, Cad Bane was supposed to be the one in the tank, which maybe this was working on a redemption story for him. Maybe Boba like, hey, dickhead, look. Look what can happen if we band together and do things for ourselves. But apparently Cobb was not supposed to be in there at first. And and I did a little digging, Nick. The, the final episode was the first episode they shot during mm. filming of the Book of Boba Fett. So maybe they were shooting it and something happened. Some Maybe something leaked out and, and then that's why they made a, a decision to change it. Uh, but according to our source, Cad was supposed to be in that tank and not Cobb. But it still looks like both characters are going to ultimately make it out of Book of Boba. So maybe they just kind of changed it up to, to give Cobb the tank and kind of gave us the nod to Cad's chest monitor. Who knows? Yeah, but. I mean, I, I, I definitely think that, um, that he, was, he was the one, they, like, he's still alive. Because like when I was going into that scene and they were pulling into the back of the tank, I was like, Oh, it's going to be fucking Cad Bane in here. Oh, okay. So, all right. Well, you, you were kind of thinking that way just watching Yeah, because I was like, oh, shit. Like, he's going to, like, fuck around with Cad. And, like, you know, Cad is going to be the one that, like, you know, he's going to either try to get on good terms with it or some, something's going to happen with Cad. But when it wasn't, I okay. was like, okay, well, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> so it's not that far out of the realm of possibility yeah. that this 
this did happen. All right. Well, then, hey, we'll call it true. This was legit. No longer rumor status. If Nick, I believe Nick it. said he he could have saw it happen. <laughs> and the other thing hit. Uh, the other thing we got on Book of Boba Fett season two plans. Uh, we were told that they were planning a second season, but based on the reception, it's kind of been Delved. put on hold. And you know what, Nick? I, I I went back. I was like, I know we we talked about something like this before from Robert himself, and I did find the article. And and Robert Rodriguez was like, he's like, listen, I I I think we could do a second season, but it could hinge on fan response. That was almost like his direct quote. I linked it in the article if you want to go check it out. But Robert himself did say, like, yeah, I mean, sure, we would love to do another one, but it could depend on fan reaction. Now. As a fan, I, I don't like that, but it's already happened in Star Wars, so we know it's a real thing. I mean, they completely, completely and unabashedly changed their plans for Star Wars cinema after TLJ. I mean, it's, it's on the record. We, we were supposed to have a movie all the way up until 2021. Yeah. After TLJ, they, they, they made all those changes with Solo. They kept it in, in the spring. They're like, fuck it, give Mary Poppins the December reveal. Star Wars is dead in the theaters. They canceled any of the other movies that were supposed to be coming out, like the Kenobi movie. And that's when they kind of made the, the hardcore pivot to Disney+. Plus. Um, but it, So I, I, I kind of buy into this as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I can definitely see there not being another season. I feel like you if since the reception was tepid, I guess is the best way to put it, the if they want to be safer, then what you can do is just kind of wrap those storylines into either Mandalorian or if you want to do like a broader like do a broader show that still includes all the players from books, so that still includes Cobb and still includes Boba and Fennec and still includes you know, the, the, the mod squad and all those, you could do a broader show that doesn't focus specifically on Boba, but is that he's a key player to it. So maybe that'll be yeah, how I'd, they pivot it. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, if they, if, if, if they truly had stuff ready to go, some stories based on how, I mean, let's be real. Season one was written and shot before they would have wrote a supposed second season. So they know at the end, Boba, He's done with his experiment. Yeah. So his his path is wide open. Yeah. They could take him anywhere. I, I, I think Boba and Fennec, yes, I, uh, Bat, I'm addressing your comment from the stream. I, 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 I 100% think Ming-Na Wen is now a permanent fixture in the Mandoverse. She's yeah. not going anywhere. Tem's not going anywhere. I mean, hell, Tem has potential to show up in Ahsoka as Rex. Uh, he has potential to show up in Kenobi in the flashbacks as a clone. So that guy, we're, we're going to see gonna, Tem left and right. Be around, yeah. We're also going to see Boba Fett. I mean, the, 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 they didn't put Din and Boba together in Sanctuary and having that talk about loyalty and fighting together for fun. These two, as I said during the breakdown, they're now bonded. Mm. They're bros. They're man bros. Man bros. Uh, All right. Matt, so they're, they're, I gotta, they're definitely going to funnel in. He'll funnel in the man, though. He may funnel into Ahsoka. But yeah, yeah. we haven't seen the last of this. Crew. I have to go let Taylor in the house because she locked herself out. So I will be back in a minute. <laughs> All right. I, I can I can vamp until you return, young Nick. So, yeah, I, I, I 100% think Boba, Fennec, uh, Kersantin. The mods, hell, even the major domo all have potential to show up in future seasons of The Mandalorian. 
as Nick said earlier, if they repurpose Rangers, that would be a good fit for these type of people as well as, uh, you know, maybe even Ahsoka. Cause I, I think Ahsoka, they're, they're still going to remind us that, Hey, yes, this is Ahsoka. It's getting away from the guys with gun and armor, but it's still a part of the shared Mando universe. So there you go. Book of Boba Fett season two, probably not happening anytime soon, but there's a good chance that we will see um, all of these players that were either introduced in the Mandalorian seasons or in the Book of Boba Fett down the road in the Mandoverse. And if anything, I guess you can give credit to Book of Boba Fett for doing that. All right, so as I'm kind of running this by myself while Nick is letting in his lady love, we're going to shift into the Kenobi wing of this episode. That's right. It's like as soon as the credits rolled on Book of Boba, the, the Disney Plus and Lucasfilm PR machine was switched on for the Kenobi series because we got the first poster, we got the premiere date, and like I said, we even got some articles and quotes from Ewan himself. So the big one, the one we, we'd all been kind of speculating on, all right, when's Kenobi going to come out? You know, I, I kept going, May the 4th, it makes sense, it's on a Wednesday, it's Star Wars Day. Well, I was wrong again. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I'm sure this is not news to anyone in the stream right now because you're all kind of nuts like me and you're kind of keyed in, but in just in case you missed out, Obi-Wan Kenobi is set to premiere on Disney Plus on May 25th. And you may be asking, why May 25th? Why not May the 4th? It just seemed like a perfect, you know, matching and premiere date. Well, guess what? May the 25th is when Star Wars came out. So I, I think that's the reasoning why Kenobi is getting the, the 25th drop here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's great. I mean, it, it's nice to get some clarity finally. We, we can count it down. We can now make better predictions on when we're going to get the trailer. Uh, with this, with Kenobi being dated for May 25, I think at the earliest, Nick, we get the trailer last week of March, more than likely the first week of April. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, I, they do stuff with a plan. And it seems on Disney Plus... They have a very clear cadence on how they promote their live action shows. And it's usually six to eight weeks before the premiere date that you start getting the, the, the deluge of the main trailer and then a bunch of TV spots. So I'm, I'm anticipating the, the Kenobi, like the main trailer, the one big trailer, because I mean, let's be real. They don't even fuck around with multiple main trailers anymore. You get one two minuter yeah. and then TV spots out the wazoo. So I'm I'm 100% going with first week of April at the earliest last week of March to get a trailer for Kenobi. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Uh, gives plenty of time for some follow-up materials. And then look, you know, maybe ahead of that, we'll get more little stuff like this. We'll get like a, like a close-up Kenobi character poster. Maybe we get a close-up Vader character poster, stuff like that. And so... Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll get all that jazz. Props, we, we kind of talked about this earlier. I mean, think about it. Why would, why would Disney, who owns ABC and all this other stuff, why would they pay Super Bowl money to air an ad for something that they know everyone is, knows about and will see? It, it just Especially because it was on NBC, they would have had to pay the full VIG. Yeah. It, just, it just didn't make sense. So uh, I, I understand why Ewan was just reserved for an Expedia commercial and we didn't get anything Kenobi. It just, it just it wasn't a good business move, if anything else. 
they, they know all the hundred million people watching the Super Bowl. Whoever is a Star Wars fan within that, they'll 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 figure out Kenobi's coming too. It's not not worth the what two. How much are ads now? Oh man, I think for like a thirty really? second spot, it's like close to three million dollars. Three. I was gonna say, is it is it getting close to like the three to five range these days? Yeah, it's it's up there. Um. Yeah, so yeah, just the, the poster itself, Nick, some seven people million, have, have kind seven of, million for a 30 second. Oh, yeah, ad. okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's why inflation's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they not not that you know, Disney seven million dollars, them they wiped their ass with it, but it's still seven million dollars. So they're, yeah. they're like, fuck it, we'll, we'll save it for a an IG or YouTube drop that we can pay an intern ten dollars an hour to do versus running it on NBC's network. So, yeah, there, there you go. Uh, but the poster itself, you know, obviously people picked it apart, zoomed in on Kenobi, and uh, I believe he is not holding the lightsaber you may think he's holding. Uh, that, that is the the family blade many people are are guessing based on zooming in. I mean, if I zoom in here, it's going to turn into a pixelated mess. So, yeah, to me, it just looks like he's holding a fossilized turd at this <laughs> yeah, point in time. It's, it's, it's super um, hard to tell. So. But I will I, I will take those that, that kind of got the high res and, and zoomed in that that, that is, indeed is the Skywalker blade. And it would be it'd be kind of funny if that's like what he was using at a point in time. I don't know, to like feel a connection to what he was doing or who knows, but um, good, good stuff there. So, yeah, Kenobi 25th. Uh, like I said, Devin made a good joke, you know, uh, <laughs> that we'll get the trailer on May the 4th. I don't think it'll go that long, but hey. You never know. I just, I really think, especially the way the Moon Knight trailer dropped about six to eight weeks before it's March 30 premiere, I'm just rolling with that. Because Book of Boba, we got the trailer early November. It came out in the end of December. So it, it seems to be that six to eight week window from premiere to the uh, trailer release. So yes, sadly, I think we got to sit tight for, I mean, hell, at this point, at least another six to seven weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. We did get a Star Wars commercial. Did you see that one, Nick? All the, the goats that were like wearing. Th- there's an actual Stormtrooper goat emoji now. I didn't. S- on Twitter. I didn't see it. It Was it like yeah. in like what was it in the Super Bowl? Yeah, it was early Super okay. Bowl from what I remember. I think it was like first first half. I must have missed it. Yeah, because I was I was like, yeah, so that's the other thing. Am I paying attention to Go the ahead. game? So I, I definitely missed. Yeah, it. I, dude. I I mean, listen. I, I live in Ohio, but I'm I'm a Steelers guy through and through. While I I appreciate Joe Burrow because he's a fellow uh, alumni of the Ohio State University, and the guy's just a fucking winner. Let's be real. He's gonna make my life miserable for at least a decade or more, unless since he since he's and gets him killed by, you know, not, not drafting an offensive line. He ends up being Carson Palmer. So, but either way, yeah, I, I didn't have a lot invested in the game. Uh, I'm just glad I had it on when that halftime came around. Cause that shit was dope, man. Like I said, my little kid was like, when are they going to do it again? When are they going to do it again? Well, you're going to have to wait a whole other year because <laughs> you don't really get halftime shows like this at anything but the Super Bowl. So all right, we got a lot of Kenobi stuff to get through today. How, how are we looking on time here, We're Nick? two hours bad. in. Yes, okay, we're, we're looking bad. So I'm going to cut 
I'm, I'm cutting the Ray Stevenson thing from today. We'll talk about next week. It, let's be real. We need shit to talk about next week because yeah. we're losing the, the gold that we've had for seven weeks now and recapping Boba Fett episodes. So I'm definitely going to cut some of this stuff. But uh, sticking with Kenobi, like I said, we got all you know interviews, posters, dates, all this stuff. Uh, but we did get something from Ewan. And, you know, to people like us, this isn't it's like, oh, yeah, no shit. But it's nice to get the confirmation, if anything. So what we got from Ewan is he finally confirmed that he does act with Hayden as Anakin Skywalker. It's not just going to be as Vader. And like I said, geniuses like myself and Nick, we've been calling this from day one. We're going to get some flashbacks. We're going to get it when they were boys. It just makes too much sense. You could have Kenobi all depressed, living in a cave, kind of thinking about his life, like, how the fuck did I get here? And that's where we get the goes back. He's with his boy. They're kicking ass in the Clone Wars or something. But it's nice to just get you and to kind of confirm, like, yeah, this is happening. So here's what he said, just kind of talking about the show in general. It was a great experience. Deborah Cho directed all the episodes, and she's really good. She directed a couple episodes of The Mandalorian, and she's really a great director. She really knows the Star Wars world inside out far more than I do. <laughs> we just had a great time. I think it's no secret that Hayden Christensen comes back, and we got to play scenes together again as Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. And it was just fantastic to work with him again. I'm not going to give away anything else about the storyline, only I think it's really going to satisfy Star Wars fans. Watch out, Ewan. Don't be like Robert. Don't oversell. Have you you been on the internet, Ewan? (laughs) Don't don't oversell, homeboy. Um, I always felt there was a story between episode three where I finished playing Obi-Wan in the movies and episode four where Sir... Excuse me, Ewan. Sir Alec Guinness is Obi-Wan Kenobi. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series writers and Deb and I and everyone, I think we crafted or they crafted a very fine storyline. I think people are going to like it. So at least he threw in some qualifiers there, Nick. Think and maybe I believe into it. It's not this. I, I, I'm, I, I can't overhype this show. And, you know, Robert, you know, he kind of he kind of asked for, I think, some of the hardcore criticism he's now getting by the way he. It was selling the show in these interviews. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, like I said, I don't think the the idea of seeing Hayden as Anakin is a surprise to diehards, but it is nice to get that that sign off from you and himself that, yeah, this is happening. And as, as, as much as I'm excited about Ham Darth Vader, I'm nearly as excited to see these two back in the prequel era, actually being directed well and giving good dialogue and good scenes to show us versus some of the cardboardy stuff we we did get from them in the prequels. Yeah, I mean... I I think that this could... This could kind of be Hayden's fuck you to everyone. To George Lucas. It's done right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and the fans that blame him for looking like an asshole in the prequels. Um. No, I definitely agree. And look, we, we've spoke highly of, of Hayden and his work in Star Wars and outside of Star Wars for a long time, many years. Um, but I, I do kind of think, like, I can see why, hey, uh, or Ewan would say something like, I really think that this is only going to satisfy Star Wars fans. Because if you look at it from, like, a, an outsider perspective, 
you have Disney Plus, you're not a huge Star Wars fan. You've probably seen some of the movies, you know, probably seen the OT, maybe seen prequels. You see the Mandalorian pop up. You're like, what is this? But you can look at it as like a spaghetti Western in space. You you have to have no Star Wars experience at all. It, it's, it is not required for you to enjoy the Mandalorian. And even to a degree... It wasn't and it wasn't required for you to enjoy Book of Boba Fett because they gave you so much background context on who the character was right. through the beginning of the series that like you you kind of grow to know him as the sh- as the season goes on. Whereas with this, if you are if you're not a Star Wars fan and you see a show that's about two main Star Wars characters and there's probably not a lot else going on, like probably not going to be something that you check out just to check out. Cause if you don't know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is, or if you don't know who, who Anakin Skywalker yeah. is, then highly unlikely that you're you, a loser. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? What did your parents do to you? Know, right? You were, you were, you were raised incorrectly. No, I, I get caught up in this all the time. And I think some of it's part of my star Wars narcissism, but I, I do think everyone else is like us with Star Wars and they're not that's one of the reasons why we don't have a big following because it is still as as pop culture huge as Star Wars is it's still just a little niche yeah that, it's like that that that, that, w- w- that get people like us that are that are super fans and and, and dive into the lore or speculate on new stuff coming up but for the most part it, the, not every human is like us. Yeah. And, and I sometimes have a hard time realizing that. Yeah. I mean, you have to figure that the people that go out and see star Wars at the movie theater, you know, like the, the, the regular fans do not give two shits about star Wars news before a new piece of no. content drops. No, all they want, no. all they care about is like, okay, what's the date that it comes out? Like they don't care. Like, Oh yeah. Who's been cast and what's this and what's the rumor? Yeah, they're they're not on Reddit the every shit? fucking day yeah. like like me. Like, ooh, what, what, what may be happening in five years? Yeah. Let me see. <laughs> so, so it's not super yeah, yeah, Sometimes surprising. I got I to take that, <laughs> that super fan hat off and be like, yeah, hey, dude, there's a reason why you only have like an audience of five to yeah. six hundred. It's yeah, we, we still don't get as much of the super fan pie as I would like. You know, I saw on, on Twitter that that Star Wars Meg hit a hundred thousand subs on YouTube. And I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, I don't, really, why can't that be us? I don't really know but who whatever. she is or what she does, but I mean, someone, hey. someone has said on here that she's mentioned this show before. So I don't want to say too much, but I, I do believe she has been mixed up in some of the, the, the very, uh, kind of clickbaity type of yeah. takes and, and titles I mean, that's what on, you gotta on like Lucasfilm and, and characters yeah, and who's getting fired next. That's what that you do to, to, you gotta, you gotta pull in those, those people. And I mean, clickbait shit like that is, is a good way to do it. Oh, it's, it's everything these days. <laughs> but, it, real, even real news or yeah. not. I mean, I, I think we were talking about this before, or maybe to a friend. I mean, if you follow the news in this country, we're all going to hell. Civil wars are coming. We're all going to die. We might as well just blow our brains out. You know, the, the president's horrible. The government's horrible. Everything's horrible. Yeah. But that's that's because it sells. People want to tune in to feeling like shit. It's, a, it's the same reason why the developers of social media make the algorithm so it makes you feel like crap. That's what they want. They want you coming back and spoon feeding shit into your throat nonstop. 
right? This isn't me saying I don't trust them. I'm talking about like, you know, I, I still believe in journalism and the free press and all that, but all of them, the CNNs, the Foxes, uh, either side, they, they, they all go for the ultra negative doom and gloom because that's what a lot of humans want to latch on to. It makes them feel good for some reason. When I've always taken it, and this is with politics or anything, I have eyes, ears, and a brain. I can interpret what is happening in the world myself without someone else's slant. It's not that hard. Yeah. But a lot of people can't. They, they want the slant. They want to believe in the ultra-left or ultra-right opinion. And I don't even know why the fuck we're talking about this anymore. So let's go back to Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't again, I didn't even know how for, I got on that fucking tangent For those tangent of there, you but. who are out there listening, like, oh, like Nick. Oh, shit. clickbait. Yeah, no, we're click, talking about click, negativity click, and click titles and clickbait. Yeah, like, yeah it, 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 trust me, it all, it all, I, I tied it all together right yeah. there. There you no, go. But yeah, like, learning lesson for the day. I, I was <laughs> not like saying an opinion in any way on any creator like Star Wars Maga or, or, or any other because when I say that like oh I don't, I don't know who they are that, that's because like I don't know who any like Star Wars creators are because I don't I don't well, that, like, that's a, pay attention to stuff Nick is a super fan but he's like 10 times less of a nut than even I am so like he Nick's like in his own super fan category where he loves Star Wars he's in the know but he's not like me where I'm like oh yeah I know Star Wars Meg and Zero and Star Wars Theory and this and that and the Reddit leaks this guy and Jedi Praxis like I know all the dumb shit yeah yeah so it's, I'm it's, as I'm as like I'm as uh, cuckoo for Coco Star Wars puffs <laughs> as it gets yeah but all right anyway yeah, hey, Star Wars may good for you. Maybe one day we can get to yeah, a thousand right. songs. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> we'll, we'll join. Oh, the- let's go. We got so close, but now that I'm not doing Boba recaps, the, the, the uh, subcat. Look, come on, people, get more people to sub to this dumb ass show, please. Get, get into. I don't the know what else to do. Like, I, I'm gonna start. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe we should get more negative. Like, every post is gonna be like fuck, and the next one will be shit, and the third one will be dick, and who knows? Maybe maybe that'll work. <laughs> yeah. But uh. All right, yeah, we we still have more Kenobi. I mean that that's right. You know, you you prefaced it when we first started the show. Like as soon as fucking book ended, they were like Kenobi, 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 Kenobi. It was everywhere. It's it, all. <laughs> it was even like the leakers were sitting on stuff yeah. because as soon as as soon as book was over, you know, this one we're talking about. This came was this. I think this is a combination of Bestman Bulletin and making Star Wars. But we got. <laughs> Uh, some updates on Kenobi, in particular the Inquisitors and, and who's who and, and how they're going to be portrayed. Uh, so the first bit of news here is that the Grand Inquisitor in Kenobi is going to be played by Rupert Friend, who who we don't we do know is on the cast list 100. Yeah. percent um, And as Nick said, we also know that Moses Ingram is playing one of the Inquisitors. Who is she? Third sister, second sister, your mom's sister. Yeah, third sister is the best speculation that people have now. It has—I don't think it's been officially announced, but the the best speculation is that she's playing the third sister. Um, Right, and the the report went on to say that the Inquisitors are going to be extremely brutal in Kenobi. Um, you know, as Nick kind of put in the article, it's going to align to how it was her name, Trilla, and how they were acting in Jedi Fallen Order. And, and here's a quote here. This comes from Bespin Bulletin. 
A scene where Moses Ingram's character cuts off the hands of a Tatooine citizen, which amusingly shocks the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, this has come from Making Star Wars, and, and he goes on to say that the group are brutal in the series, and this scene of Ingram, Ingram's Inquisitor is just an example of the brutality we're set to see in Kenobi. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so that is I don't, excellent. I don't take that as surprising in any way. I mean, I think that for like 1980s i thought that vader was pretty brutal like he choked somebody to death the first time you saw him like yeah. you know yeah. his the first scene he's in he's got a dude held in his in his hand Good old antilles yeah, just getting taken out fucking choking him to death and then so like dark side force users have always been pretty brutal um but it is interesting to see like are they going to take this like for for a disney plus series are you going right. to take this up to an 11? Like, are you going to, they're s- almost like, where they're almost like, it sounds like they're almost going to be getting off yeah. on, on being brutal. Exactly. Like, like, you know, like the grand inquisitor looks at her like, Hey, that was a good <laughs> move. Like, hey, good Let's job. Cut. Hey, you see that, that bomb cut his legs yeah. off. Why not? And she's like, Yink, there you go. See you later, pal. Uh, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, especially if you know of the inquisitors from the comics, I mean, the dark side, anything they exist to be miserable and hateful and not trust anyone. So yeah, they, they're, they're a bunch of freaks. Like they, 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 they they're not going to do anything that's righteous. They're not anti-heroes. They are villains with a capital V. Yeah. No doubt about it. And uh, the rest of this report <laughs> goes on to state that Vader is going to actually be played by three different actors. Yeah, so, and it makes sense if you think yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it falls exactly in line to how things played out for Mando. So you had, you know, Pedro Pascal, who is playing Mando whenever his face needs to be shown in any capacity. And then outside of that, uh, you have Latif, who's doing all of the the fighting. And then, Brent, and then and Brendan, Brendan is the other who does one. the like the walking and kind of has like the Yeah, gym. apparently most most of anything that isn't fighting. Yeah. So um the people who are gonna be playing Vader, obviously Hayden Christensen for any scenes where his face is shown or he's disrobed in any way. And then, you know, uh I think they're gonna use his voice as well. Like they'll have his like modulated voice be the Vader voice for all of them. And then um, Demetrius Betrevsky is playing him while he's sitting or standing. And that's because he's six, six. So Betrevsky has like the size that you associate. Right. With if if people remember, I believe this was on the BTS of revenge of the Sith. Hayden demanded to get in the Vader suit. And I, I believe they had to like build stilted yeah. boots and whatnot. And, and this time they're like, you know what? Fuck you. You don't get those demands. Like, hey, so. hey, bud, you don't, you don't carry yeah. the weight that you used to. And then uh, right. the third actor who is going to be doing all the fighting is Tom O'Connell. Um, Tom O'Connell's been around Hollywood for a while. Um, he's played a lot of different like small acting bits, also done stunt work and stuff like that. So he he's going to be playing uh, Vader while he's fighting. His name's going to come up in our next topic here in about a minute, by the way. So he, he's got, it seems this guy like, like Latif and Brendan really got himself in good and is now being used throughout these live action Star Wars hey, shows. Man, so. That's the way to do it. That's what your friend missed out on. <laughs> that's what stunt Dude, buddy I missed. Mean, you're telling me, like <laughs> to this day, if I ever meet his son in person, I'd be like, "What did you do to your father?" Like, hey, you ruined your dad's you, opportunity. You son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> he's only he's like two years yeah. old. I'd be like, you little cunt! <laughs> it's like, what I, did you do to your dad's future? To your dad's future, <laughs> and then me 
Riding his tails. Because I'm telling you right now, like if he got in and he got in good, I would be signing up for my fucking SAG card and I'd probably not teach over the summers anymore. And I would be out there fucking standing on a set for 16 hours being miserable but i would be in star yeah. wars god damn it and you took it all away from me <laughs> yeah. you damn fetus <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah uh, rupert friend is grand inquisitors inquisitors are going to be crazy overly violent and three people playing vader yep. Yep. yep all right moving on in this rapid fire updates of kenobi news here so MSW went on to detail exactly how much and when we can expect to see Darth Vader himself. And he is not going to be in every episode of Kenobi. In fact, it is explained that the first two episodes are going to be heavily focused just on the Inquisitors and the Skywalker children. So kind of like the the, the setup. And, and, you know, from what we've heard, we've, we've kind of figured that the Inquisitors may get a hold of one of them or get close to one of the twins. Yeah. And that is what is going to finally get Kenobi out of the caves. And that, that's some of the other things that was in this report. Like at this point in time, Kenobi is, is like a sand rat. He, he apparently isn't living in his hovel yet that we see in A New Hope. He's, he's scavenging Tatooine because you got to think about it. He's literally dropped off on Tatooine with a with an AOP and and Luke Skywalker. The baby. Yeah, he doesn't have much to use to survive. Nothing. And it's <laughs> yeah, it's not like Jedi's had bank accounts or, or connections. So I mean, he's he's literally a a vagabond. Yeah, he's a vagrant of Tatooine. So uh, the first two episodes, Skywalker children, Inquisitors, the setup. All right. But then by the third episode, this is where Darth Vader rumoredly is going to take center stage as the main antagonist for the remainder of the series. So, you know, episodes one and two, no Darth. It's going to be his henchman doing the setup. He's probably going to learn that Kenobi, you know, I hate you. I hate you. You know, that type of stuff's going to come back and, and, um, He's described as once he ultimately shows up in Kenobi, that he is going to become the main puller of the strings over the course of his episodes. And his attitude is peak angry. Like it it, it was described as Rogue One, but even fucking angry. (laughs) All right. Like like this. This is peak Vader in his his self wallowing pity where he does derive the most anger from. So, I mean, he is going to be completely kind of off the rails, laser focused on his mission. And he's going to be bringing the pain a hundred percent. You know, we talked about this in, in our, our leak about the, their fights and, and, you know, he's going to throw Kenobi like a, a, a across a, a, <laughs> an entire landscape. It, it's just going to get nuts. So, you know, think rogue one Vader, but even deadlier. Yes. Thank you. Nipples are hard moving on. Um, we should also not expect Vader to duel Kenobi like he dueled his son, meaning there's not it's not going to be a lot of talking and, 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 you know, trying to throw out, hey, you know, let's team yeah. up type of stuff. It's, it's going to be brutal. Like it, he is out for blood. He wants to kill. So there's not going to be a lot of like, oh, you could yeah. turn you to could, the dark side uh, with me. He's like, no, yeah, I come with me, Obi-Wan. We off. can rule the galaxy as former apprentice and master. And none of that shit's fucking happening. I mean, it, it's going to be on, you know, he is out for blood. So there's going to be no reminiscing about the good old days. 
so that that stuff's all great. I mean, it sounds like by episode three, Vader becomes the guy, the main antagonist, which means we should get heavy helpings of him. And the best part is, is his pissed off meter is at full. Yeah. So the, the, the potential for jaw drop moments for just me getting on my knees and doing like the, like the Ewoks to C-3PO and Return of the Jedi, the potential is very strong, much stronger than maybe we even guessed before we knew how much Vader we'd get. But uh, this is really sounding like it's going to check all my Darth Vader's my favorite character boxes here, Nick. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, like we uh, want the we want the bloodthirsty Vader but also knowing that there are those Anakin moments, like potentially yes. new Anakin moments we've never seen before. Like, no, I, I, I think it is going to be all new. Like I, Nick, I'm thinking uh, it's going to be war stuff. Yeah. Like where they were equals. They were no, it, he was no longer the, the pupil. He, he was general Skywalker. We had general Kenobi kind of like what we got in the clone yeah. wars. That, that's what I'm, Dude, I, that's what just I'm having that for. balance, having like that, beautiful nostalgic moment between like two brothers built through battle. And then like the brutality of the fighting between these two is going right. to be fucking and, awesome. and just the hate between them now. Yeah. Cause you would have to think Kenobi, I mean, he did try to kill yeah, him. I mean, like, so Ken- he doesn't have much, he doesn't have much love left. For Kenobi him, so. is probably like, look dude, he, like I don't, Kenobi probably wants to kill him still. Like I don't think that like oh yeah, like hundred percent. Obi Wan's not gonna come back and be like, oh I didn't kill you last time. Now I feel bad. Like let's try to fucking work this shit out. Like he is gonna be like, I need to cut your fucking head off, or if you're by yeah. the fucking lava again, I need to push your ass in it. So see, yeah. I I still think. Even though, you know, this report is saying it's not that their fights aren't going to be very wordy. I do think ultimately Kenobi gets the upper hand again. And as he has him beaten down, he may go back to what Padme's last words were to him. And he may try to reach out because I really think in Kenobi, we are going to get a payout to what Vader says to Luke in Return of the Jedi, which, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense based on what we have right now. I mean, in Return of the Jedi you can tell Vader is thinking about what Luke is trying to sell him. He is really thinking like, could I be good? Could I be good? And he ultimately says, Luke, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. You don't get that in the prequels. Obi-Wan's given the mission to kill him from Yoda. And that's exactly what he goes and does. He doesn't try to talk him down from the moment they're on the landing pad. They're ready to fucking rumble. So to me, I think we get that moment in Kenobi where, you know, Obi-Wan does realize, like, you know, I beat the fuck out of this guy again. And, and I don't think he's going to walk away. I think something's going to happen where someone intercedes and Kenobi has to leave yeah. and, and Vader lives another day. But I do think he, Kenobi will make one last pitch to his former friend, either seeing him in the flesh again after beating his helmet off or, you know, Padme kind of comes into the back of his head. There is still good in him. There is still good in him. And he tries, and ultimately we know that that's not going to work either. That, that's one of my first guesses here for Kenobi and how these two interact. Yeah, good. good. Um, the last thing from this report that Tom O'Connell guy Nick just talked about, he is rumored to also play a new Zabrick Jedi in the Kenobi series. Uh, so Zabrick, think uh, Darth Maul without the tattoos. Yeah. So more like Eeth Koth uh, from the prequel era, but not Eeth Koth. Yep, yep. Excited to see that. Uh, uh, Z- I, I, yeah, I wonder like, how this comes. Yeah, this new has Jedi's be are always like this. Got to be like flashback, right? Zabrak Jedi. 
It, it could be, or just uh, maybe this is one of the uh, survivors that we see the Inquisitors taken out early on, I, just to kind of... I was going to say, like, maybe Vader cuts him down, but the way that those dynamics would work would be weird, because if O'Connell's playing the Zabrak Jedi, right. and he's also playing Battle Vader, that would be Yeah, you can't have him. You can't have him in the same fight scene, yeah. <laughs> right, so... Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it could be prequel, but it also could be this is one of the hidden survivors, and and this is kind of their way, the writers and Deborah to show us this is what the Inquisitors did. Yeah. If for the people that aren't like us and reading comics and talking about this shit all the time, because even like a, a Star Wars fan, they, they may not know what the Inquisitors are, especially if they skipped Rebels. Yeah, true. So they're going to have to set up what what this faction does and why they do it, and it's hunting down the survivors of sixty six. Very true. Very true. Okay, last one on Kenobi, and I, I almost feel like pushing this too, but we've already spent so much time in Kenobi. And, we and this is well like just, a fucking you know, no-brainer, honestly. Yeah, like. suffer through it. We don't have to spend a lot of time here. Uh, but uh, MSW, like I said, I don't know if they got the green light from their sources, but they've been all over Kenobi news these past uh, week and a half. Uh, but according to them, it is confirmed that Jimmy Smits will appear as Bale in Kenobi. And as Nick said, that's like it's like a no shit, but he wasn't on the casting grid. And apparently, according to making Star Wars, that was on purpose. Like they were really trying to keep Smits involvement uh, hidden, but it, it, it just makes too much sense. Uh, there's I, I mean, there's there's some setup to be had for what Leia says in A New Hope. Like, hey, Obi-Wan, my, my, you're, you were like my father's boy. We don't get any of that in the prequels. We, we don't really even get any of that in, in the Clone Wars. I mean, yeah, Kenobi was a general in the Grand Army of the Republic, but it's not like that was Bale's uh, number one guy. It's not like Obi-Wan was defending Alderaan in the name of the Republic. No. Uh, so we're, we're going to get more of their relationship together. Because if anything, if you think about it, Bail Organa is a very unique character in the Star Wars saga, the Skywalker saga. He's the only other person in the entire galaxy besides Yoda and Obi-Wan that knew about Anakin and Padme and their offspring. Yep. Uh, he was a major player in the Senate. He's also a founding member of the Rebel Alliance. So Bail Organa, for a guy that we never saw in the original trilogy, and he, he tragically got blowed the fuck up, he's a huge player in, in this in the Skywalker saga and the original trilogy. So yeah, it, it makes complete sense. It, it could very well be Bale. Hey, Kenobi, I know you're on Tatooine. I'm one of the only, I am the I'm only the person besides Yoda that knows yeah. that shit's going on here. They may know about Leia. I need help. I need help. Hello, hello, hello. Stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, um, and the other thing that, you know, also is probably common sense, but uh, MSW saying that uh, Breha Organa, his wife, Leia's, uh, Leia's adoptive mother, will also make an appearance. But uh, MSW could not confirm if she would be played by the same actress, Rebecca Jackson Mendoza, who played her in that quick clip from. Revenge I will of the say Sith. that that is her only acting credit. Is on IMDb well, the her only acting hey, credit is. Like like her and Hayden, there's always a chance there's, there's down chance. the road. Many years later, if you're in Star Wars, you never know when you might be called back. I mean, you know, good for fucking him. But look at look what Tam is cashing in on now. He's got you know he he plays a, he's in one you know one character in the prequels turns into hundreds of thousands thanks to cloning, yeah. and now he has 
he has paydays lined up in this new live action Star Wars as Boba Fett, as any flashbacks to clones, uh, Django, you name it. I mean, th- th- this guy is having his meal ticket repunched all because of one fateful acting job back in the uh, what late 90s, early aughts. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Hey, good for him. Good for them all. <laughs> all right. So, so like I said, we, we will we'll definitely talk about Ray Stevenson joining Ahsoka next week. It's just it's getting long in the tooth. I, I promised Nick we went through three hours. We're doing three hours. So at the end of the show, he's going to swear at me, <laughs> call me names, and then he will grab his Matt Voodoo doll once we turn off the, ca- the cameras and stab it in his Damn. penis. All right. So, Nick, that means we're just going right into the fan segment of the week. If you want to get involved, fans, you know the deal. We have two avenues to join in the fan segment because it is all about you in the end and us wanting you to trick other people to listen to the show. Uh, But we do the question of the week, which I failed hard this week (laughs) i realized when we were going to pick stories that i forgot to post it so it only showed up in stories so only a few of you made the cut this week Uh, but usually every tuesday morning check us out on instagram at star wars time show for the question of the week prompt which should be in our stories and in our posts the other method is, of course, the top five honoring of a, a week's worth of featured artists that are sharing their Star Wars creations with us. Uh, that, too, is done through Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. All right, Nick, so let's start with the abbreviated yeah. question of the week. Let me get the screens up here. Yeah. All right. So question, and I, I'm, I'm doing one more book of Boba Fett for next week, and then I'm, I'm not going to be able to kind of stretch that uh, rest, rest my laurels <laughs> on the, that layup question. But this week, of course, what was your favorite or least favorite part from the book of Boba Fett finale episode? Take it away. All right. First response here is from kingdom of weird he's this is kingdom he's in our chat right now so thank you very much kingdom weird he says this episode had all the right ingredients it just wasn't left to cook long enough it was rushed which is strange because the first three or four episodes of the show were spent answering boba fanboy questions and the previous two episodes belonged to the mando season three it had plenty to love in this episode but nothing was allowed to settle and we just had four episodes of content crammed into one hour such a shame the best part my nine-year-old loves it. He's on his fifth or sixth viewing. I'm gonna say, there you go. That that's a way to. I'm gonna say that's this a way to kind of spin it around. Kingdom. That last line is more important to Disney than whether you liked it or not, because that's yeah. their future fan base. You'll be dead, and your kids will still be watching Star Wars. They want they want <laughs> as many Matt Haywoods as they can get. Yeah, trust me. So, <laughs> like they they've had me hook, line, and sinker since I can even form thought. Yeah. And it hasn't stopped, and I'm I'm pushing. I'll be 42 this July. Yeah, your like your thought as a parent is less important to them as your <laughs> He's child's. Not wrong. He's not wrong. Like, enjoyment. You know, we we're all young at heart <laughs> yeah. still, but it, 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 in in this world, even in entertainment, it's it's the bottom line that matters most, actually. and you you got to get them young. That way, they'll buy, buy, buy. Right. All right. Next up. Devin Gray, which is Rogue Ranger Customs, I believe, on Instagram. Um, they say, I loved seeing Fett and Mando fly out of the ruins and start whooping tail together. I've been waiting to see Fett flex, and this episode didn't disappoint. I was bummed to see Cad Bane die. He might not be dead. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. But I think it was... Just like Frodo lives, Cad Bane exactly. lives. 
But he says, I think it was time. It was a fitting way for him to go. Uh, something I really enjoyed about that fight was how Fett used the techniques he learns from the Tuscans. Also, who didn't love seeing Fett ride the Rancor? Good stuff. Here, here. And last one this week for the question of the week <laughs> is uh, Rippick Tan. Rippick's always in the store. That's right. Glad to see it. Uh, he says, don't want to sound too negative, but I didn't connect with the finale as much as I thought I would. Cad Bane. I, I get that. I get yeah. it. Cad Bane and the Rancor were super cool. Peli Moto whipping around there you go, on Nick. the pedicab from ATOC <laughs> was fun. And the music throughout the full season was great. Definitely ready for Kenobi. May can't come soon enough. There Real quick. The music, by the way, did anyone else? I know in Discord we went through this, but Nick, I'm guessing you didn't pick. Did you pick up on the changes to the Boba Fett theme song at the end? Fett. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. When you heard it, were you like, what the, am I here? Are they actually singing his name now? And and they are. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a different version. We, we have the version in our Discord. That's just another reason to join up. But I loved it. And, and Nick got it 100%. He passed the quiz. But right from the get-go, it's no longer, huh. They just were like, fuck it. Fat. It was awesome. Boba Fat. <laughs> I was like, this is That's so it. rad. I mean, you got to love it. I mean, and then it, even like the chorus, it went from just chanting to Bo, 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 If I was Tamara Morrison, any media appearance I did, you have to yeah, play that play song that. before I walk in. That's my walk-in it's, song. It's like your, it's like your, your wrestling <laughs> yeah. song, which you come out to when you're in the WWE. Yep. I mean, that, that, that fucking song, when they're saying his name, is even better than just the chanting. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I, 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 I absolutely love the theme song. My daughter and I, uh, every Friday now, we have to listen to the Book of Boba <laughs> theme when I pick her up, and the Mando theme, so we can both you know, kind of pump, do our fist pumping when it kicks in. But the, the slight change with the finale just... Chef's kiss. Loved it. It was fantastic. Beautiful. Beautiful Fat. <laughs> Boba Fat. I mean, you, you can't, once you start, I mean, I'm probably going to be doing this for the rest of the fucking episode now. It's like Tourette's to me. <laughs> Just get stuck. You get stuck in your head. But yeah, yeah. I, I know as soon as it, as it hit, I was like, oh man, they, they made it fat instead of just, oh. I was like, yeah, yeah, man, dude, I'm watching this stuff at like five in the morning. So sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm hearing things are hallucinating like yeah. and, and sure as shit. I was like, no, nah, they're, they're doing this and I dig it. Oh yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. All right, man. It's time for the top five star Wars fan artists of the week. Again, uh, check us out on Instagram at star Wars time show, any star Wars content you post, be it uh, real ass paint, be it words and shit, toy photography, tattoos, uh, bathroom photography, bathroom sculptures. It doesn't matter. Tag at Star Wars Time Show and use hashtag Star Wars Time Show throughout the week. I'll feature shots on the page. And then Monday night, Nick sits down with his bourbon and cigar and goes through all of the week's picks and chooses the top five to discuss on the latest episode of the SWTS. So, my friend, who do you have for us this week? This week, Top 5 kicks off with the underscore articulator underscore toy photography. I, th- I believe this is a first-time Top 5 Yes. And Might be a first and first. One of those first and first. Yeah, one like of the first feature and a first Top 5. fabled first it and happens. first. It happens sometimes. It does. And with a shot like this, if it's a first and first, I can see why. What we have is an awesome... This is like a scene. This is a scene recreation, I believe, oh, from yeah. episode Steady three. Steady scene recreation, for sure. Yeah, where we see Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi defending the Jedi Temple, and we see Yoda doing some acrobatic flipping, and in, in the scene, he like, 
flips, jumps on a stormtrooper's chest, and then sinks his blade right into him. And that's the exact moment that we see here from the articulator toy photography. Yep. Yoda on the on the chest of the stormtrooper, blade through him while laser bolts are streaking past him, and Kenobi's up on the other side of the frame. You can't see him doing his best to kill all the the uh, turn stormtroopers as well. So I just thought it, like it perfectly captures that that exact moment of of that scene. So it was beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, there, I mean, it, in toy photography, Nick, you either have people cook up their own stories and scenes, you have the more static approach like myself, portraits and whatnot. And then you have scene recreations. And, and this, as you said, is is top notch. The posing's great. Uh, I mean, let's be real. I think the 501st are the best looking clones. You, you got to like the phase three helmet and then the paint scheme. And plus, we know they're tied to Anakin. That probably gives them an added cool bump. Uh, but just uh, job well done. Posing great. Framing good. Good effects on the lightsabers and blasters. So overall, good work here from at the underscore articulator underscore toy photography. Absolutely. Beautiful stuff. Next up. Good friend. Oh, shit. Good friend of the of the show. Good friend of R- Matt. Real quick, Nick. Yes. Look what showed up today. Okay. Tell me because there there's is. a bit of a delay. <laughs> it is the Razor Crest. The- the um, HasLab Razor Crest has go. made it to Star Wars Time HQ. It's so big, I can't even get it in frame. <laughs> and it's definitely beefy. But the reason I did that, because the shot we're looking at from at BLK. SRS. SRS. <laughs> BLK, SRS. Honestly. I can't remember. I can't remember five characters. That's six <laughs> characters. I'm dumb as shit, but... Yeah, so mine showed up today, and I'm definitely not going to get outside and do shots like the one we're looking at right now from Zay because it's cold as fuck up here. I'm old, and I don't feel like going outside right now. But go ahead, Nick. Let's break down this one from yeah. at Black Series. So this is actually like a um, a series of shots from Zay from oh, Black yeah. Series on Instagram. And what we see is just like some awesome images of, of Din just kind of landing on a on almost like a Felucia like planet, obviously, you know, it's probably somewhere in Zay's backyard, but big, I think it's at his place of work, which is yeah. even better. It's like, he just, he yeah, runs he's like, hold on, I got to take bit. a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big foliage where we see Mando stepping outside of the razor crest, standing there, kind of looking up at his surroundings. If you flip through, you get different angles of the shot. And you also see Grogu is with him in the door. I mean, this like has lab razor crest for all, you know I mean? For as much as the Razor Crest is in pieces scattered throughout the galaxy now, I yeah, mean it's I a mean, fucking it's, it's a dead shit. Yeah. But this is a beautiful, beautiful images here from from Zay from at BLKSRS. I mean, it, uh, crazy. I'll tell you what, man. I, I was, I mean, I had I had back the the Razor Crest. It feels like what uh, it's well over a year ago. Yeah. And at the time, I was kind of excited because I, uh, you know, I didn't do the first one with Jabba's sail barge, and I felt a little little FOMO kicked in. But I, you know, I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to just get down to just doing hot toys. I, I got to do something. I, I failed like a motherfucker last week. Like that was, I mean, that shows you that I'm still a a, a collecting crackhead. I mean, I, I you know, I, I still I can't shake it quite yet because I I was so weak last week. But anyways, I was like, you know what? I I probably could flip this thing for three times what I paid for it. But after I saw like, you know, black series and some other people breaking them out, I was like, no fucking way. I'm keeping this thing. I mean, th- this is like a conversation piece. Once you get it built, 
and set up in your your collectible room. I hope to do some pictures of it. I doubt it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, that's why we have you know Black Series and, and the the go getters out there, the big accounts to to do this stuff for us. But it, it is a damn good looking collectible at the TVC scale, and it does make me consider you know. Maybe I can wean off a of black series if I kind of supplement it with a little bit of the three, three and three quarter. They're cheaper inch, too, right? Less money. A little bit. It, it, they're 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 catching up to the black series, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But either way, we all know he's a he's a champ in this industry in this field at BLK SRS. Check him out. He's growing, doing great stuff, getting paid to do this stuff here and there. So one hell of a count to uh, get behind if you are new to toy photography or just like kick-ass looking Star Wars art. Yeah, absolutely. At BLKSRS on the IG. Everything he does is good, so make sure you follow. Uh, next up, we have at Action Figure Snaps with a Z on the Instagram. That's our good friend Adrian. I'm not wearing one of the shirts right now, but he gave us the shirts that you usually yeah. see us wearing on the live stream. Me neither. My mom got me a new one for Valentine's nice. Day, so I figured I'd break it nice. out. But what we have here from Adrian is a fantastic uh, image of Mando from the end of Mando season one when they're by that lava river. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Navarro. Yeah, on Navarro. And what we can see now in the lava river is a fully submerged stormtrooper. And you can still see like yeah. one arm like, like a, reaching out. Trying like, to save please. Yeah. And Din is At just. At least pull out my arm and head because the rest of my body is disintegrated yeah. at this point. But uh, Din is just doing the cool guy walk away. Probably kicked his ass, kicked him right into the lava, and then just did the, the cool guy walk away from him. I just love the the tone of the shot. It reminds me so much of Mustafar because obviously Mustafar is a fucking lava ridden planet. Um, but just seeing like the, the red hues reflecting off of Mando's Beskar armor, the, the stormtrooper there submerged all the way down to his neck. And uh, it was just a cool setting overall. For I, I, I'll tell you what, and I've, I've seen this coming with at action figure snaps. Uh, Adrian is, it's, he's going through what I call like a, a, a metamorphosis into the next level a of toy photography renaissance skill. of his yeah, own. There you yeah. go. You can just see like, like this person has, has been practicing, looking at other people, learning techniques. I mean, Nick, all this is practical by that's, the way. Wow, that's, uh, this was, he borrowed it from, remember when a uh, visual approach made yes. a Mustafar like Dio. Yes, yes. So same, same concept here, but that, that's what I mean. Like Adrian is, He's doing what I would have liked to have done if I didn't have a kid and all that shit. But, you know, getting better at it. Like like a Jason B. Michael. I love when Jason B. Michael puts out his shots from when he first started because they look very basic. And now you look what that guy puts out and they're fucking works of art. So I, I, I like watching, even though I'm not doing it as much myself. I love watching these people I've seen, we've talked about for years now. Just how they grow in this art form. And, and at Action Figure Snaps is definitely one of those accounts that has taken it up a notch recently and this shot is um proof in the pudding as they say 100 so at action figure snaps with a z on the ig make sure to go give them a follow next up we have i mean this is just like a like a picture perfect shot from three yeah it's three a lessons. movie movie still style yeah, shot movie, for sure movie still i mean it is a scene recreation from the very beginning of tfa so what we see is ray Standing right next to her, her big brown popsicle speeder, 
and she's going through the net of all of her salvage that she that she got for the day. And I mean, it's a very, you know, when you think about it, it's a very simple setup. But just the way that Three Lessie was able to capture that like perfect sun sunset in the yeah, background. That, that's the, the that's the cell yeah. right there. Is is getting that natural sun just at that great level. It's right at one of the grid points, the rule of thirds, all that jazz. Uh, and hey, a lot of people don't like her. I'm a fan of Ray. I, I, I like the lady. I liked where she was headed. I'm not going to say I liked where she ended, uh, but I did dig the character. But also, she, she, she definitely got the, got the job, we, we all, got the shaft. We all have to remember that the story for these sequel characters are not written and done, you know, just because of... That's true. You know, just... Where they end in 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 Tross is not where their story ends, and I mean, and look at that for Luke Skywalker, and look at that for Han Solo, and and that, all of these other characters. That is a very good point. Very good point, young Nick. He's not wrong, uh, and he's definitely not wrong for putting at the number three L E S I E in this week's top five for this race shot. And so, hey, the shots like this are always going to speak to me because I, I love simple stuff. Get it in camera. You know me. I don't want to fuck with the, the photoshops and this, that, and the other thing. So I always appreciate just a, a very natural captured image here. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Three Lessie on the Instagram. Last up is operators underscore of oh, underscore the, the underscore this Republic. Operators of the Republic. And this is, it is, it's a, it's probably one of the best like Imperial wartime shots we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Period. I mean, we've seen some incredible stuff from from other photographers, but what operators of the Republic did here was just fucking next level. So what we see is like in the heat of battle, there are explosions <laughs> in the background, people shooting, you know, like stormtroopers firing as all of the action continues. And you have one of the stormtrooper commanders that's got one guy. He's like, this guy's on his knees. He's picking him up, got him by like the scruff of his neck. He's like, you get out there and you do your exactly. job. We're all dying out here. You're gonna go too. I mean, it's just fucking fantastic, intense. Yeah, it, it, it's like the it's like the captain, the lieutenant, uh, the sergeant, whatever. It, it's a leader of men yeah. in in the, in the heat of battle. Shit's going bad. I mean, it, it envision the allies rolling up on Normandy and in, in the in the just the pure hell that they were facing and what that would feel like. And and you can see here with this lieutenant grabbing this. Scout trooper, like Nick said, like, get your ass on the front line, you motherfucker, for your brothers, for the Empire. Yeah. You I know, mean, it's like, I mean, look. I just love what I don't know where operators of the Republic got this head sculpt because uh, basic troopers do not come with heads. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what figure this comes from. Maybe it is from a World War II figure because a lot of people collect those. But it's just all the emotion comes out through that head sculpt. And then, of course, the the ancillary stuff like the other troopers in the background, the the explosions, it, it really sells kind of the direness yeah. of the moment. I, but I just love yeah. that, you know, the the intensity that is coming out of this toy shot is ridiculous. It's beautiful. And I think you did nail the head sculpt because Operators has a military uh, a military okay. toy photography yeah. account too called Six Scale underscore Salvo. And you can see all of his one six scale like World War II figures. Wow. That, that's a... This is what you call it, a genius Star Wars custom right yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking... Where it's just a nice, easy head swap, but it completely changes the character. And like I said, it, it gives a bucket head emotion, which you don't really get. Yeah. I mean, you don't really get um, 
stormtroopers in in the movies in the cartoons being heroic for their side they always seem kind of cowardly when when shit gets tough or they are just you know bullet fodder yeah here you're actually getting like these people care about each other they care about their side of things you know war is always perceived differently depending on what side you're on and you know they're they're he's trying to motivate his troops like i know we're you know we're we're, we're they're zeroed in on us the mortars are coming in but god damn it we got to we got to capture that 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 hornet's nest lies ah, like oh, trying to rally the troops and it, i don't know i love yeah, it no, love dude. it it's just something you don't really see in star wars on the M- imperial yeah, side it is fantastic i mean like i, I could I was not, I was always like defeat the empire down with the bad guys. Seeing this shot, I'm like, you know what? Get at him, motherfucker! Like it, it, it is just one of those types of shots. So yeah, um, it's, it's good stuff. At operators underscore of underscore the underscore republic on Instagram. Make sure to give him a follow. Uh, absolutely fantastic job here on this shot. Uh, that's the end. Yep. Of the top five. All right. And that's the end of the show for us, Matt. So bring us home. Well, Nick, I have failed you. Oh. I have failed you, Anakin. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I, I, we kind of had an idea. It was the last finale of Boba Fett, and, and Nick and I uh, apparently do still like talking about current Star Wars. Uh, so it happens. But uh, you don't don't think you're going to be getting three hour shows for the next couple months. We're, we're going to be getting back to the you know two fifteen two hours or less, just because there's not going to be a ton of stuff to talk about. But that's why, you know, join up in the Discord. We got channels for show suggestions. I'm all I am open to fans giving us stuff they want to hear us talk about. Favorite characters, favorite mo, you name it, whatever. Um, but you know, we'll always have content for you. It, it's coming. Uh, I'm I've got May 25th kind of circled on the calendar, which I was telling Nick is like, go figure. That's the first week I'm going to be at the fucking beach <laughs> and they're, they're dropping Kenobi. And do you really think I'm going to be able to ignore that? No. So who knows how we're going to approach the debut of Kenobi, but we'll be here for you week in and week out. That's what we do. There's always time for Star Wars time. That's why we need you to head on over to StarWarsTime.net. Why you may ask? Well, to give us some page views, but also... So you can get kind of looped in with our content, but more importantly, our platforms. This is where you can go. You can find all of our podcast homes. If you like listening to the audio only version, you can get easy peasy sublink buttons to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. So StarWarsTime.net, that's all you need to know. We're making it easy for all of you. Like me, who doesn't have a lot of brain capacity anymore, or short, short-term memory, I like this type of stuff. Hey, Do you got any good Star Wars podcasts? Oh, yeah. StarWarsTime.net. Go check it out. There's always time for Star Wars time. All right. Everyone practice that that elevator pitch. You can do it. It's been working. Our numbers have gone up a bit. Who knows if that's just because we're actually talking about real stuff instead of stuff that's a year out. But let's keep building it up. All right. Matt Matt needs that, that recognition. And yes, I am talking in the third person right now. I like to channel the man, Dwayne, every, every once in a while. Speaking of Dwayne, that, that guy can still cut a fucking promo. Yeah. Nick, I don't, I don't know if you saw him kind of kick off the Super Bowl, but he, he can still turn on that wrestler 
uh, vibe very, very easily and slips right back in the cut in the promo. But anyways, one day maybe we'll get The Rock to tell you that there's always time for Star Wars time because there truly is, at least for people that dig that galaxy that is so far, far away. So if you are a fan, we appreciate you. We'll like you even more if you bring another fan. You know, kind of do what Devin and Justin did. Bring a friend. It's like show and tell. Be like, hey, watch this fucking train wreck every Tuesday on YouTube.com. You might like it. You might not. But you at least got to give it a try. All right, people. You know what to do. You know what to do. And besides, if they give you shit, just tell them, hey, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Oh,